I'm going to be giving IDW a hand job tonight. Oh, oh boy. Come on. Yeah. Maybe not, though. Stop, stop, stop. Oh. Give me a foot job. <laughs> Stick the finger right up there. The foot. Yeah, rub get, it out, get it out of your yep. system. Be there, there Jason. Rub and tug, baby. <laughs> <clears throat> Two publishers, one cup. Nice. Thank uh, you. Don't give him any ideas, dude. They no, no, will no. license that shit. Three and two and a one. G.I. Goatsy. <laughs> Agent, <laughs> Agent <laughs> Brown Eye. <laughs> it's not snake eyes. Yeah. It's brown it's eyes. <laughs> Come on, stop it. Nicely done, Dab. Uh-huh. Dab? What the fuck? <laughs> Jason came up with that one. I just laughed. <sighs> Can we? Christmas. <laughs> Uh, his his shucking knife for me for Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> son of a bitch with that list. I told us he's got to use that shit when we come there for Chicago. Sorry, I sorry I have different interests. Chris, I'm it's sorry. a wish okay. list, not a shit list. This isn't. This, <laughs> I was waiting to see brooms on there. <laughs> Top Chef of Amazon, Amazon doesn't carry curling equipment. I bought him the penis pump he had on there. Does. Yeah, probably. I bet you Amazon Canadian does. Yeah, I got all the curling shit I need. Yeah. Totally gone. Three, two, and one. Eleven o'clock. Come. Oh, now we gotta do it again. Damn it. Right. It's it's not. It's come on. Settle the F's down, will you? Both the. Three, two, one. Eleven o'clock comics episode one hundred and ninety. <laughs> That's kind of weird. In oh my god. Are you serious? <laughs> it's not me. My damn phone is ringing. She's, she's on the road. There was a fucking ice cream truck outside. She's on the shitty snow drifting Pennsylvania road. Yeah. Are you really? really? It's, it's almost 60 degrees here today. It's wow, like it's snow after midnight. Huh. That's yeah. crazy. Less than two inches are on the way, they say, by now. Oh, we're getting, a, I mean, we had a ton of rain today, but. Yeah. It, it's been raining off and on. Nothing steady heavy, but I mean, there was some heavy at times. The basement's okay right now, but it's. Uh, we're also supposed to get some wind, so if I disappear, it's because of the weather. All right. Because of the wind. The wind. I'll punch my sister in law right in the face. Which in the face. So <clears throat> All right. I got some fun right, shit about tonight. Wait, wait. Oh, yeah, so much for last week's high point, huh? <laughs> oh, we're going to keep it going here, people. Come we on. have to. we got to keep this thing rolling. Hey, everybody. Hey. It, hi. It's 11 o'clock comics, and I'm Vince B. Yes, you are. I'm going to, I'm And I'm Christopher Neesman. I'm David Price. And I'm Major Blood. Oh! Ooh. <laughs> You're not Major Blood. No oh, way. You're Jason Wood, everybody, and this episode of Lone Clock Comics, as usual, is sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you, looking right at you, Mr. and Mrs. Comic Book Aficionado, can get your books and assorted bric-a-brac at huge discounts, anywhere from Wamba. 35 to 75% off. Get this. Remember that Doug Munch and uh, Mike Plug book I mentioned last week, Terror on the Planet of the Apes? 
Uh-huh. 50% off this month at Discount Comic Book Service. That's $3.99, no way, $1.99. And there's many more like it. So if you go to their site, dcbservice.com, look at those discounts and tell me you can get them cheaper anywhere else, and I will laugh at you and call you a liar right to your face because you can't. You can't get books cheaper. They pack them up real nice and secure, ship them off to your home. You don't even have to leave. And if you're like me, they will be delivered right to your door by a dumbass who doesn't realize that when it rains, boxes get wet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gordo would never let that shit happen. No, he wouldn't. Well, he doesn't work for UPS either. Oh. But, so I came home and the, I said, oh, look, my box is on the porch. And they put it like right at the edge of the step, not underneath the awning where it's not uh-huh. going to get wet. Just put it right on the step. So the damn box was soaked, but the books were nice and dry inside. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, they bag, they bag all that shit up tight. Yep. Flap over with the big tape, stack them up, put the sponge in there, the foam. Yeah, I had no problem. Nothing's but, worse, though, than a loose flap. I know. So, <laughs> barn doors. So, yeah, discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. <laughs> I, got, I got my DCBS order this week, and uh, it scared my wife because the box was so big. That's but what it's, said, yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, but it's because uh, there was one particular book in there that i want to talk about later but it was it was a gargantuan box you got the martini edition of parker well okay well that would make no you said gargantuan i'm thinking i i saw that thing in person it's huge it's um man i've got i i tweeted about it today i've got a really hard decision for my favorite um uh collected reprint edition having awards this year my friend Oh, Are we going to get on it? Ah, yeah. <laughs> it's your yeah. thing, man. I know. I know, dude. It's been we a straight two months. I'm on it. Yeah, I'm on it. Yeah, okay, don't worry. The, the workhorses. We're going to have to do the ceremony like later than normal, though. So we That's have to okay. We'll do, we'll, do, we'll do it. We'll do it it's in cool. January. We'll do it in January. That's yeah. fine. And if we take two episodes, it's it's all good. Don't worry. Yeah. All right. Well, I had I, one I, of the... I got you back, Jason. It's all good. That's good. I had one of the best DCBS boxes ever today. Yeah, well, what's in it? Happy for you. Doc Bazaar, MD Wait, how, how from Joe DC Casey. Doc, why did you get a DCBS box today? I got I, mine yesterday. I usually so get them on Wednesdays. Why? I only get it once a month. Oh, okay. Yeah. Doc so Bazaar from Joe Casey and Andy Suriano. I got that Hellboy House of the Living Dead thing with Corbin, Richard Corbin and Mignola. Oh, yeah, yeah. Goddamn yeah. Milk and Cheese, the the collection. Oh, the, oh, oh, oh. stuff. Really it, there nice. was just book at Crack Comics was okay, in there. Okay, Vince, Nuts. Go I'm ahead. Gonna, I'm going to add it to my wish list. What? I, I, oh. I don't have any of the milk and cheese stuff. Oh, my it, God. Good. Put it on your... There's there's 12 bucks right there. Go So go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm ordering an <laughs> for him now, Vince. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't care. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'll I'm get him a knife so we can have his little <laughs> Julia Child shit going on. Hey. Hey. <laughs> well, to be fair, though, Vince, you didn't... You didn't taste the exquisiteness of Chris's cooking. It's not the knife that cooks the food. It's the the, the chef. But, you know, a man's only as good as his tools. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Jason. Absolutely. That's what she said. Um, Before this gets derailed um, too much more, let's let's hop into uh, this week's drink roll call. Um, Jason, why don't you lead us off? Well, I've decided I'm going to make it a theme for the month because it is the holiday season and tis the season. So last week I had a holiday. You love, the, you love the holidays. I got. I love the holiday. Uh, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna every week. I'm committing to do a Christmas themed drink. Um, 
this week I was originally going to make a Yukon Cornelius just because I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> but then I saw what the ingredients were and thought there's absolutely no way on earth I'd drink this. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's Yukon whiskey and uh, Goldschlager equal parts. So wow. I did not make that for myself because I wanted to not be sick in the middle of taping this show. That will set you straight, my, my brother. Yeah, it's not a good look. So what I decided to make instead uh, is uh, something called the Grinch. Oh. Be one, Mr. Vince. Hey. Um, <laughs> so the Grinch is uh, Midori. Which, I was going to say it's going to have Midori in yeah, it. Which is a bright green liqueur, uh, melon flavored, uh, lemon juice, and uh, I did not squeeze fresh lemons. I'm just using one of those. Uh, oh, little, little yellow plastic bottles? Yeah, yeah, one of those. Don't ones. ever do that. Oh, throw, throw that fucking thing hey. away and buy a lemon. Hey, anyway, uh, those and then uh, some simple syrup. Such a purist. And you mix it up. You put it in a little shaker, shake it up with some ice, pour it up. Um, so it looks awesome. It looks just like you're drinking. I mean, it's the color of the Grinch. Uh, nice. So it's named. But uh, if I'm being completely candid, uh, it doesn't taste so good. <laughs> Neither did he. Yeah, I threw it, and I have a, uh, I have a couple yangling traditional lager sitting here waiting to be uh wash it down so Very i nice. whereas last week's uh uh you know hot tea drink that i made uh the punch is quite a hard a hearty recommendation that i've i've had many times before this is something that uh more of a novelty item so take it for what it's worth nice um david yeah it sounded like you had some uh jet fuel over there i i had um yeah i uh I posted in, in the episode thread that tonight's drink will contain vodka because um, I found out last night. Well, I didn't find out last night, but last night I had some vodka and it seemed to have hit me pretty quick. So <laughs> I figured, why the hell not do that while we're recording? So I uh, um, I threw some vodka in a glass and I decided to liven it up a little bit with something I found in the store. Sierra Mist Naturally Sweetened Cranberry Splash lime lemon lime soda really yes huh. and it is rather tasty huh it's rather tasty so you're drinking like a bay breeze basically i guess so it is a bay breeze nice it was getting all summery on us caffeine free maybe you get the sun lamp on I have, I, yeah, I borrowed, I borrowed Alan's um, drinking umbrella, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I want to say, how cool is it? How fitting is it that of of all the guests we've had on over the 190 episodes, that Alan, everybody seems to really love Alan, and, and we've received a few messages, a few emails, where they would really like Alan to be the regular fill-in, go-to default guest, and I, I think it's rather fitting that Alan becomes the Joan Rivers of our group. I will, yes, a, a, no one lights up a room like Alan. There you go. The guy is he's the infectious personality. I it's one of it rapidly has turned into one of my favorite parts of going to New York is is getting a chance to see to see New Mutant. Love it. Nice. All right. Uh Vince, how about you? Hurricane. Oh malt god. Liquor. Yeah. At least tell me your <clears throat> second bottle of the night. Second bottle? Are you kidding me? One of these bottles is more than enough for me. Oh, it's a week's <laughs> off, dude. I drank two. I'd be really stupid. It's more, more, more stupid than usual. That's yeah, but that makes for good listening. Yeah, I'm sure. 
Uh, I'm actually going uh, thematic, uh, kind of like uh, kind of like Jason and I. There's a book that I'm so excited to talk about uh. that I actually I, I paired a drink with. <laughs> and uh, uh, tonight I'm drinking a Thunder and Lightning, which oh, that's is, not what I was expecting. I was expecting you to say Martini. No, no, no. I was, I'm going to mention the the Parker book, but oh, okay. no, the the other book is is what I really um, uh, absolutely adored reading this week uh but a thunder and lightning is um kind of along the lines of jason's drink and that i don't know if i'm gonna sit back and drink a bunch of them uh it's a it's a shot of peppermint schnapps and a uh shot of uh 151 Wow! Wow! Sh- shaken and strained. So, yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it's uh, one to kind of warm your warm your bones. Cool. That's yeah. Wow. Yep. Uh, I I have a thank you. Me too. Well, I know you do. Uh, my thank you is not something that arrived in the mail. It it arrived via iTunes review. Oh, really? I was going to do that. Go ahead. Oh no, that's all right. We think we think it's it's like it's it's like stepping all over Chris with the Martini edition. It's uh, this was a (laughs) Brannigan seventy seven. If I think if they could have given us more than five stars, he would have. This this review was um, seriously. It was it was um, it was one of the. They've all been. For the most, I'm one, well, I mean, you've you've talked about some of the. Well, all right, you haven't talked about them. You, we've we've we've. I've reacted amongst to ourselves, them. <laughs> right? And amongst ourselves, we we we've discussed some of the some of the reviews and and wanted to know what episode actually this person particular heard. But um, it was nice going to iTunes and and checking out the reviews and hitting most recent and, and seeing that he did one. And it was it uh, it it literally put a smile across my face so i just didn't yeah. want to say thank you and and he 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 also i mean you know for for doing it the the, the least we could do is, is say thank you and, and give him a shout out because yeah. it's you know if if but, hyperbole so was I, a I mountain if hyperbole was a mountain this review would be about 350 feet above the mountain okay he just <laughs> he just laid it on super thick Awesome! I'm yeah. already off to go yeah. after reviews. It's, so it's, oh, it's, it's yeah. This re- the, according to him, our show can cure cancer. I bet. Yeah, pretty much. Well, yeah, yeah. I it's, mean, yeah. you kind of. I mean, you beat cancer. <laughs> yeah, that, I did. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Maybe right? he was pulling for me. That's right. Yeah. So I have some thank yous, uh, like David. Wait, some thank yous. I have some. Yeah, like David, <laughs> I got my hands on a copy of Thomas N. Perkins the Fourth's uh, art book. Yeah. Oh my God! It's it's fantastic. It, what, everything See, I, David I, said. I, yeah, and I, I there's no way in hell I do anything justice. But yeah, I'm glad somebody else actually has it, so they can like, just back me up. You can knock a tree down with the cover stock. It's so thick. It's it's beautiful, <laughs> beautiful clay coated cover stock. It looks like a little tiny sketchbook. Like it, the the design of the uh, the uh, the book. He has like a a textured background cover with the the. Uh, uh, overlaid uh, illustration with his signature on it. it. It looks, it's amazing. The paper, I can't stop smelling the paper. It's beautifully thick, toothy oh, yeah, paper. Yeah. It's all in full color, and this some bitch can design characters. He's yeah. working on the Green Lantern animated show right now. Yep. Oh, cool. Yes, and 
not only is he a talented designer, he's uh, a disgustingly um, capable illustrator as well. Uh, look, I look at the line in these drawings and just the 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 thickness of the detail it's incredible it's like mixing a little bit well i don't want to name names because i i there's a there's a lot i see a lot of different styles in every yeah. drawing and that's the thing he switches up styles uh with it, each illustration almost depending on right almost depending on what the medium is it's yeah, great determine how he's, how he's going to draw it but yeah it's i love seeing the process he's got post-it notes with characters on them in here yeah. fully rendered um it, it, to the eye, it looks like an animation cell. Some of them, uh, mock uh, comic book covers, uh, a, a bunch of what I'm assuming, judging by the text, are Russian superheroes and villains. Not from the Russia in our planet, though. <laughs> really yeah, yeah. nice. Put it this way, Jason. A lot of the designs in this book put the Ben Ten Man of Action designs to shame. Wow. Yeah, yeah they're yeah, really I, I, good. I Colorful as hell, and it's 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 inexpensive too. For I think it's sixty-four pages of this beautiful stock and thick cover uh, stock, eleven ninety-five. That's nuts. Worth worth every penny. Five by eight inches. I believe he is. um, I'll find the. uh, He posted it on um, on Google Plus. I saw it today. I forgot to retweet it, but he is signing with a fellow artist at a um, at a gallery in. I want to say California, but he also does, and I'll, I'll post the information in, in the episode thread when, when we post the episode. And he, uh, I believe, I want to say maybe every morning, but on his blog, he, um, he posts pictures of, he, he draws characters on his, uh, on his kids' lunch bags, brown, brown paper bags that they oh. get to go to school with. So, I mean, I love shit like that. They're fantastic. He's got three kids, right? <laughs> Two boys and a girl. Awesome. Awesome. And and what he does is it's an ongoing narrative. He'll he'll yeah, he'll, yeah. he'll do something for his sons where the two bags connect like a diptych, and and the scene the scene will be splayed across the two bags so as not to leave his his daughter out. He'll do her a single like a, the equivalent of a single panel thing, and sometimes the daughter's bag, like a triptych connects to the brother's bag, and these kids must be like the envy of everybody in that damn school. <laughs> that's amazing parenting to yeah, do that because I, I, I was I was talking to him on the Twitter I said not only are you you know doing right by your kids because an unbelievable show of love for your your little ones by taking the time to do this every damn day right but he's inspiring uh, future artists I mean the, he's planting seeds these kids are seeing what this guy can do and the reaction that other kids are giving these bags and they're like well maybe i can become an artist that's awesome yeah. and it's not like it's just a single character i mean there are backgrounds like like the few that i've, I've been looking at and like buildings in the background huge cityscapes it's like it's they're not quick it, sketches no. yeah no definitely not man no. no and he has his kids dressed up as um uh superheroes fighting uh kaiju and yeah, yeah. it's it's unbelievable. They're like oh. little Sentai heroes fighting fighting the kaiju. It's unbelievable. You got to see them. Dude, David will post. Right up your alley. Yeah, I know. He'll post the Earl. And this is what I'm going to talk about later. But I got to thank the person that sent it to me. I made a kind of boo boo because I said that I would not open Amazon boxes until Christmas that, because I don't right. know what's coming. I don't want to shit on anybody's gift. So. Um, yeah, you really need to get off the the mute button, buddy. Um, 
my my wife oh, sorry. was. Sorry, I have I'm I have one unopened here. How Good. did you know I was on the mute button, dude? You were you could barely be heard. Yeah, it's instant. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, so my wife intercepted the box and opened it and said, oh. I, "I think this is yours." I wouldn't have opened it until Christmas, but she did. So I I had a I had to accept it, right? Uh, it's the DC reprinting of Jack Kirby's The Losers. Ooh, nice. Oh, that's a really nice collection. And uh, Dean Stell sent it to me. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. Uh, just as a as a kind of Merry Christmas appreciation for uh, what he uh, you. Per- perceives as the stuff that I do. Uh, which Candy Man. Uh, Dude, that's right. Yeah. Get a refit in. And, and I read this for this week. And I have a little nice. bit of a confession to make when I do read it. So when I do talk about it. So later on, I'll talk about it. But thank you, Dean. I'm going to guess, not knowing, I'm going to guess the confession is that in spite of your Kirby of fascination, you have not read You've it before. You've never read it before. I've never read it before. I feel See? like such a dick. I know. It was It was the one Kirby thing that I never touched. I just, uh, I, I, I had I know. I haven't had a, a huge well, fascination with the war well, books. What's also cool is that he probably didn't know that sending it to you, and yet... I know. I know. The, the odds of sending you a Kirby something are other than... I mean, I could see him sending it to you because it's a nice collected edition of something you probably, you probably thought you already loved. But yeah. to actually find the one thing you hadn't read of Kirby's is pretty sweet. I don't yeah. even own the originals. I, I just never bought it. I, I shied away from it. Uh, on, I mean, the Kirby stuff is good because it's Kirby, and it's very cool. But it, as a Losers fan, I really like the Kaniger stuff a lot more. I don't well, know any of it. Let's let's go on here. Let's let's what? keep this rolling. You have a you, did you say you have a thank you or you just had a box and don't know what's in it? I have an Amazon box that that I didn't order and I'm assuming it is a Christmas present. So yeah, I, see, I don't have a problem because I'm ordering stuff from Amazon pretty much every day. You're right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, every everything I order from Amazon, I have delivered at work. So oh, so. Oh. I, there's a good chance, unless someone indicated it was from or care of, I'm going to open it up. Well, why don't you just have the wife open them for you and look yeah, in the box? Then tell you. get mad if she opens something I bought for myself. I don't want her to know. Well, about. You, don't have to, you don't have to tell her. No, see, the thing is, Jason, just lie. Tell oh, her you didn't buy it. Yeah. That's true. I could just say I bought it for you guys. Right. There you go. I, I'd be like, nah, I didn't buy that. Why do your significant others? Brought to oh, you by I don't. She she knows I'm a terrible liar. So when I yeah. even try, I, lie, I am an awesome liar. Mm-hmm. I could Are lie you? to Jesus. Yeah, I'm really good. Because you know what? You know, the, the the trick of successful lying is to believe the lie. And I have right. completely I've completely completely convinced myself when I when I tell a fib, it's true. Every every villain believes that they're right. That's right. Yeah. And I'll be going to doubt all the kind of things you say about me. No, I don't lie to you. Yeah. It's I wouldn't lie to you, That's baby. That's a lie. That's a lie. lie. Is it? Is it? Is it a lie? You'll never know. Uh, I bought something that I can. Can I talk about my book? Go ahead. Why do you? Why do you ask permission, dude? I'm dying to talk about this. Before you do, I want to ask you: Are you going to the? uh, Are you going to uh, Sal Abenetti's opening at at Challengers this Friday? Yeah, I got a curl, and then I'll be there. Cool. Cool. Yeah, it sounds pretty fun. I was yeah, but yeah. Yes, he's going to have a ton of his um, sketches for sale and other original art. And if Sal is uh, Sal Avenatti, not uh, not the other Sal, uh, is going to be there, you know, there's going to be drinking and foul language and much fun. It's going to be yeah, awesome. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 I can't wait to to be there. Sal, Sal is, you know, honestly, he uh, 
he has this kind of rough, gruff personality, and he's a, and he's a major bullshitter. But um, Sal Abinati is one of the kindest and coolest people I've met in the comics industry. He is, I mean, seriously, a remarkably nice person. And he would hate to hear someone say that about him. <laughs> but he is, I'm serious, he is a an incredibly generous and nice wonderful person i think it's the italian in him it must be the italian in him it's it's what it is that's my bastard because i have absolutely no italian in me oh i know you want some but on nights that i'm lucky (laughs) i was gonna say on on nights where i'm lucky i'm in an italian though if you know what i'm saying let's there you go (laughs) hey chris before you get started um did you do with your sal what i told you to do did you give him a hug for me uh yeah yeah you know yeah Buddy from uh, from AC um, Brian Salazar's had kind of kind of a, a rough rough couple weeks here with some uh, uh, with some family stuff, but he's doing well. But uh, you know, everyone out there, kind of keep him in your you know thoughts and prayers. He's yeah. uh, uh, he's a great guy and uh, just having having a, a rough go of it. So uh, so keep him in your keep him in your thoughts. That's so yeah. you know, love, love my brother. Um, so anyway, the book that I picked up. Uh, I was over at Challengers this last week, and uh, and I saw this. I was like, you know what? I've not read this in probably about twenty years, and I loved the story. Whenever I was a, a kid, it was uh, for me the. Um, I think I think we all. Uh, one of the things I love about this about this group with, with you with you three and me is that we're all kind of around the same age but well, you, all, all, you all are much older than i am but but well, much, but, 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 but we're all separated <laughs> we're all separated by just just a few years so if you go from jason to vince it's it's uh, you know it's a it's a fairly it's about a decade and then david and i are kind of equally spread out or, in between yeah. And so, so I think that each of us have our opinion of um, of where Marvel kind of hit some high points. I think uh, for Vince, it would be um, you know like the you know seventies uh, you know Bronze Age Marvel. Um, for David, it's probably a little bit earlier in the eighties. Uh, for me, it's kind of like that that you know late and you know mid mid and late 80s and then Jason is is kind of a product of that you know very late 80s and early 90s would you guys say that's kind of a fair assessment um i think i would i mean as yeah, far I as mean, i'm concerned yeah well, i would say early mid, to mid 80s yeah i would say mid mid to late 80s would be okay. my glory glory time but yeah close i was yeah. actually thinking about this today chris mm-hmm. oh i was yeah okay but, but the, the the real high point for Marvel was Avengers: The Crossing, which you can now get in omnibus forms. So. <laughs> see, Jesus. see, we all have our different opinions. <laughs> but um, you know, kind of kind of back to the 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 book that I picked up, which I I really think you know, looking back on it, was one of the the true high points for for Marvel for me as a comic book fan. It, it, I look back on it, it's like it didn't get any better than this and i just i i love this collection nice it's show on warriors in the house i know uh, what he's going to talk about um it's the asgardian wars 
Ah, Art Adams, Alpha Flight, nice. yeah, uh, X Men, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and not just not just Art Adams. And no, I, I know I, Paul and Smith. Because, because of my remaining Southern drawl, I will call this the Asgardian Wars for the rest of the show. I know it's Asgardian, but just fucking deal with me. Um, <laughs> um, I this, love those two issues. I I buy I rebuy those those two issues X Men Alpha Flight every chance I get. Yep. It, it's we're dealing with with Paul Smith at mm-hmm. the absolute top Bob, of his game. Bob Wyatt on inks. Uh, I'll have to. You know, I never pay okay. attention. Okay, all right, no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, Bob Wyatt <laughs> uh, and then uh, also in the collection, which I'm assuming is probably the uh, the R. Adams stuff is. And this is interesting. Terry Austin, uh, mm-hmm. Alan Gordon, uh, R. Adams did some of his own inking, and uh, Mike Mignola. Yes. Yeah, which I which I thought was cool, but um, the the collection is four of the coolest issues that came out <laughs> within about a year's time, and and it, actually that these are separated in, in time. Um, the the first half of the collection is the X Men Alpha Flight two issue miniseries, and this was at a oversized time. oversized two issues. Oh, there. I mean, the, I mean, the, there's four issues in this collection, but they're four. Th- Thick issues, or thick, oversized issues. This was a time when Marvel would occasionally come out with these two-issue miniseries, which were basically stories that were obviously too big for a one-shot, but to they had the restraint to say, you know what, this isn't a four-issue story, right. so they they would put out two-issue miniseries, and they were awesome. It was it, you get a nice chunk of story. It felt important, and in a lot of ways, it they were um, they were very relevant to what was going on in in the other books. And with the, with the first half of this collection, you had the X Men Alpha Flight miniseries, and the the basic uh, synopsis of the story is that uh, uh, Scott and and Madeline, his new wife, are flying a group of researchers to Alaska. And they're going you know, over Canadian airspace, and the plane gets uh, hit by an energy wave, or you know, a, a huge bolt of of energy, and they uh, lose contact. And um, uh, Rachel, who is a a fairly new character at the time, um, gets hit by the psychic blast of of the events and this is a time when the you know the the new phoenix the young phoenix was a very new character scott didn't know about her history for you know as as like his future daughter and so that's a backdrop to the entire story but anyway rachel gets hit by the psychic blast and it's in canada so automatically they assume that if it's in canada alpha flight has to be involved with this (laughs) This is how Alpha Flight had brought them down before. In Avengers, <clears throat> exactly in a in a in a former X Men issue, going back to, to some of the early uh, Burn Claremonts. One one seventeen, one eighteen, something like that. Yeah, about the, about that, which some great great stuff. But uh, so Rachel freaks out, goes and hunts down Alpha Flight, and uh, and and causes some major shit, and then the X Men catch up, and in, in classic comic book. Uh, storytelling. Everyone fights, and then they realize it's a misunderstanding, and then they team up to figure out what's really happened. Yeah, and X Men Avengers. Yeah, ex- yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Again, 
again. And so they they track down. Old is new, folks. Together again for the first time. Always again. Uh, so, so they track down Scott and Madeline in this research party, and and basically what has happened is that they have uh, created through their imagination this amazing citadel, and you find out that it's Loki that is pulling all the strings and is basically trying to create a new race of of hyperhumans and. Mm-hmm. The only fallback is that whenever the whenever people get exposed to uh, this energy that makes them godlike, they lose everything that makes them human. Their creativity, uh, a lot of the, their emotions, uh, everything that 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 comic books were very good at the time of professing is very important about being a person and, and is being you know is important about being a person and so it, it it falls into that conundrum of you know is it worth it to give up our our humanity to become godlike and um as you can imagine you know the answer is no and and the x-men and alpha flight um uh, go up against loki and defeat him and and loki ends up uh, getting the shaft from the elder gods and vows that he uh, he will get his revenge even though he can't uh, directly uh, harm the X Men or Alpha Flight and so great two issue miniseries it's it's classic it's it's Paul Smith at the top of his game it's 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 Claremont doing what Claremont did best with the X Men but then it leads into two of the most awesome special issues that Marvel has ever put out, and that is the New Mutants um, special and Uncanny X Men number or Annual number nine, which was the really the 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 Asgardian Wars. And I don't know how well you guys remember those two issues, but they are so incredibly cemented in my you know nostalgic childhood memories that's why you that's why you love danny moonstar so much oh absolutely (laughs) absolutely i mean it it made characters i mean those two issues made cypher and warlock as cool as they ever were and iliana and Mm -hmm. danny i mean after i was done reading it I just kind of came to this, you know, I don't know if it's real or just my immediate perception of it, but that was the story that kind of graduated the new, the new mutants from being the, the, the rookie kid team to being a really, really cool group of, of mutants. It, it set up everything that would follow with them and what, what like Lee Field did with them moving forward. The uh, it was it was at the time it was a buck fifty cover price for like forty eight or so pages, Chris, an issue. Um, That's about right. And it's uh, and what I would one of my favorite parts was I I love when they did little things like this on the cover because this was back when Marvel had had the corner boxes and so issue one would have um, have the uh, have the headshots. Varying between Paul Smith and John Byrne X Men and Alpha Flight characters, so like the second issue would have Colossus, and Cyclops, and Wolverine, and and Puck, and and Shaman, and and Snowbird, and then so it it, it just so this way you wouldn't leave anybody out between the two issues. But I I remember the covers vividly. I I 
don't know if I have. Um, well, I will say I haven't read it as many times as the first half of your collection. I don't know if I've I've really ever read or if if the the follow up stories, the second half of your collection, ever stayed with me. I I, I remember very little of really, it. really. Yeah, I I just I those first oh. the, those 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 two issues mm-hmm. are are my in the excellent Alpha Flight. Yeah, those are those. I mean, because it's it's X Men and it's Alpha Flight, but mostly because it's also Paul Smith. But okay, okay. now that's exactly what I was talking about. Is that I think that as much as I love Paul Smith, I think me being a couple years younger than you, when Art Adams hit the scene, <laughs> that's, that was oh that, yeah, oh my god, it it's and it's, I. Oh yeah, no, and there's and you can't. I mean, it's 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 one of those things where it's um, I don't I don't see because I love Art Adams too. I love I love his um, maybe not so much his long shot, but but I love his uh, really his, his his New Mutants uh where where it was um okay where, no 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 because <laughs> because I I I might have read it once. I didn't. It wasn't it, it wasn't um. It didn't. I, I missed it the first time around. I didn't read it when it was coming out. It was one of those things where oh. I I didn't see it on the stands, so I didn't I didn't buy it. And by then, the first issue was like way over cover price, and it was you know I wasn't I wasn't so interested in buying back issues so much above cover. This was back when you know the only way I could find the first couple issues, there were no Marvel must haves. I'd have to go to the comic shop and buy the first issue way beyond cover price, and I wasn't about to do that. So. Um, so when it was collected or anything like that, I never bothered with it. So it and it's also, you know, his 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 big bad is is Mojo, and and that really doesn't you know strike the fear in the hearts of men. So oh, it, but it, it was so what? so fucking brilliant yeah, though. No, oh my god, it was this amazing commentary on media, and oh god, long, and at the time, okay, now I know that folks out there that have seen Longshot that aren't familiar with the character. It's at a time when mullets were kind of cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I and, and oh. it's and it's and it's our fucking Adam. So seriously, he yeah, can, dude, he 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 had me buying Gumby comic books. I, I, I yes, Adam's yes. a damn draw. I I get that. It's just it at when I was you're talking about a time when it was with me and Marvel Comics. It was. It was the characters more than anything else. So I didn't care who was drawing Spider-Man at the time. I was buying Spider-Man. So it didn't matter. I loved Art Adams' work, but if I wasn't too familiar with the character, and like I said, since I didn't, I wasn't at the comic shop every week, and this was a chance, or, or twice a week, since this was like Tuesdays and, and Thursdays back then, but when, or Tuesdays and Fridays, but when, um, if Longshot wasn't at the stationery store or the newsstand that I would buy my comics from, I missed it. <laughs> the newsstand. So you know, so yeah. So I mean, I went to go. I, I used to go to Ben and Lee's Candy Hut and 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 buy issues of Hex and 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 anything I, I could get my hands on. So Longshot wasn't available to me, so I missed. By the way, I, I think we talked about Longshot uh, when I reread the premier hardcover way back was, in episode number fifty-seven, say, something like that. And yeah. and I, still, you know, even back then, I still. So I still am missing some Longshot, and I I get the character. I I, I um. I, I've appreciated him in, in, in Peter David's X Factor in, in, in recent years and um you know, but it wasn't long shot wasn't really you know, and I was there for Art Adams when he was fucking drawing the X babies. And, and oh things. yeah. I mean it was I his warlock is I don't think any I mean I I I think even I would I would 
dare say, better than Sienkiewicz, but I absolutely adore his warlock. I, I think his warlock is is. I mean, and, and Sienkiewicz can get some 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 wacky things going on. Yeah, they they were they. I mean, I I think they're one and one a. I mean, the Art Adams warlock is flipping brilliant but Sinkevich had that 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 just dirty inky yeah. yeah just just out of control style which yeah, absolutely it. adored it's sure but it's it's um but i mean i remember art adams from from the annuals not, not so much well of course they they only gave him the um the one shots or the specials but i mean it was the the new mutants annuals or the uncanny x-men annuals where where i really kind it's of babies t- took a shine to um to Art Adams because he, I, I, Alan Davis also did a lot of the annuals. I, oh, and, yeah. Warlock, this is Impossible Man. I, I, I love that annual. And, and there are just so many, it was just, it was, it was a beautiful time for me with, with, with Marvel and, and the X universe. But, um, but yeah, I, I do want to get this collection just so I can finish so good. The, 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 the Ask Guardian Wars. Oh, and, and and there's a ton of uh, there's a ton of concept art in the back of it that awesome. just makes it even even better. You know, I was I, I was thinking about you know when when Art Adams kind of kind of burst on the scene, and it was probably what eighty seven or so. <clears throat> I that, think it was a little. I'd say it was sooner than that. that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm something somewhere around there. Eighty six, eighty seven. You know, I was, uh, just just kind of just kind of thinking of it. And, and and everyone kind of knew from the beginning that 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 our Adams, whenever stuff came out of his, it was it was an event. I mean, when yeah. our Adams released yeah, a book, right. it when because he didn't do monthly books, and everyone it, knew that he, he didn't, couldn't do monthly. Eighty five. Yeah. yeah. No, he could. Okay. Okay. Nineteen eighty five. Everyone knew that R. Adams couldn't do a monthly book. So whenever an R. Adams, you know, a, an annual or a special edition or a fucking a Gumby comic came out, people would trip over themselves. Look, you made it, O'Brien. Oh, oh, well, that was a little bit later, but yes, yeah, um, yeah, that was '90s. But you know, R. Adams does something; people fall over themselves to to get to it. And and I was kind of thinking about that fascination. Uh, at, at the time, and and obviously well deserved fascination because Art Adams is a fucking beast. It, it, his art is, I mean, to this day, that's anything. Self-taught <laughs> too. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> his it is so tight, and his people are so beautiful, and every everything is where it should be. You know, every line. Oh, it's, it's it is amazing. It's ridiculous. Oh, it it is is so By the way. Mm-hmm. David, do you know who inked Art Adams in uh, the Longshot miniseries? If it if if it's not Austin, um, and if if it's not Wyatchek, ah uh, crap! Um, I <laughs> see you bastard. Um, this is killing me. Will's Portasio, really? Now yep. that that goes to exactly where I was going because. Everyone is freaking out about Art Adams, and they love this style. And so then you start seeing some artists coming around that are doing monthly books that they're not Art Adams, but kind of the the, the seeds are there. And I remember when when Rob Leefield started started drawing that. Did Rob Liefeld, or is that 
It's like Asgard. So when Liefeld starts starts putting stuff out, I remember that you know my impression and a lot of my friends' impressions at the time were like, it's kind of like Art Adams light. It's not quite Art Adams, but it's still a lot of that, you know, super fine line and all, you know, the hatching and and it was some of some of the elements that we loved about Art Adams' work, but now we were seeing it in, you know, kind of this monthly production. And and I I really think that that was a lot of what drove um drove comic book fans to buy stuff from Jim Lee and Liefeld and Portasio and and those I think I think they took a lot of what Art Adams was doing and kind of just scaled it back enough to be able to do monthly comics. That, that yeah, I well, really thought of it before but I, but you could almost argue that Art Adams is one of the first if if not the first like cover artist specialist cuz yeah. cuz because I mean, certainly he did it to her. Oh, he did. He did the, the classic X Men for a bunch of years. Yeah, for yeah. But I see. I yeah. Look at his, like I'm pulling up his like the the vast majority of his career has been cover work. You know? Well, yeah, if I mean, you're gonna, if yeah, you're I gonna, mean, I mean, Neil Neil Adams was like that too. But that's um, and, well, and, and, if you're gonna trace the Art Adams style back, you got to go to the source, and that's mm-hmm. Michael Golden. That's yeah, fair. I yeah. can see sure. that. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I would definitely say that the image guys were were influenced by by art by, by a few years because even though if if you had like Mark Silvestri or well maybe not Valentino obviously but if you had like Silvestri and and um, and Liefeld and Jim Lee come on to to the X books a few years after you know. Adams made his mark on some of the X books. I could definitely see art being an influence, and I, I think because of, of when Longshot came out, he might, as when Jason mentioned about the cover artist aspect of it, someone who maybe not be, um, who wasn't maybe brought up in the bullpen or or um, or via nepotism like like with the Ramitas, he might be. Sorry, Maybe one of the first outsiders to kind of just be that breakout star at, at Marvel. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, and and it's not even really that that he was influencing other artists, which I'm sure he was, but it kind of goes to the the symbiotic relationship of consumer and producer that I I think he really influenced the buying habits of of a lot of comic book fans, myself included, that anything oh, that, anything that looked anywhere near Art Adams, I was gonna buy. Hmm. And back then there really weren't second printings. There weren't no collected editions of the first couple issues yeah. something. I mean you if you missed it, you had to shell out the money mm-hmm. for the back issue. And, and, and to to back up uh Vince's point, um I remember I don't know if it was back in. Well, I don't. Some somewhere an article about McFarlane a while back. He I remember reading an interview with him. I think it was when um, uh, he had he had a big exhibit at at, um, at Mocha. Uh, it was mm-hmm. probably like two three years ago, I guess now. But um, and I remember reading an article about like his career retrospect, little retrospective. And and I remember if if, if memory serves, I think he had said that uh, Art Adams, um, Simonson, and Michael Golden were his like major influences. Those are good yeah. influences. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it seems, really seems like Art Adams, Adams is too much. Oh, uh, you're all, you're all exactly. No. Yeah. 
so so anyway, I I got through the yeah I, I got into the the R Adams the two R Adams issues, and just realized you know, how much of those two issues really impacted probably the New Mutants more than than the X Men. I mean, the X Men are really kind of on their path, and and, and that's yeah, because there weren't any. I mean, of, of of all the mutants, I think. I mean, it was it's pretty much Danny who still has the connection to it. So it would I would I would yeah I would back that up. I would definitely say the the New Mutants of all would would have the connection to it. it yeah, I mean it it changed it changed that group going forward quite a bit. And and how oh yeah, and that's I mean those those plot lines still run throughout the books now. I mean even uh, yeah, oh it, it ran through the um, uh, uh, X Men Dark Avengers or Dark X Men that whole um yeah the, the, the yeah it, so, it played yeah. into Siege and um, right. uh and and on well sort of an adjunct it, it, it with uh with Ron Rain Ron I would say Ron it's Rain, Rain. but Rain yeah. in uh, X Factor you know um and who her baby daddy ended up being and that sort of thing so uh yeah no that's yeah that 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 is some of my to your initial point Chris that is some of my favorite. Like that time period. That's is his I'm golden doing. age. It's, yeah, that, yeah, that, it's that, that time period is what house. I would consider like when I first think of of being in love with comics. That that time period would be the time period. Yeah, wow. for for me, that's <laughs> Vince says, "Wow, is that wow?" Like, wow, I really am much older than you. Well, think, wow. I no, mean, let him go to, first, but then I'll get I'll get into. Yeah, it. I mean, you just have to think of the 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 age range. I mean, when when this comes out, you know, I'm like 14 years old, and mm-hmm. I. I don't know how many times I've I read those issues, but a lot of those images and a lot of those story plots have stuck with me for decades now. Yeah, yeah. You know, See, it's that's part stuff. of what I was thinking about um, when everybody was going on about this X Men versus Avengers thing, and I'm thinking mm-hmm. I I could not be any less interested in this but thing for our listeners who may not know what you're talking about because we have, we always presume that everybody is on twitter and <laughs> that's true right, yeah right. uh that's... marvel announced their latest their next big event for 2012 will be avengers versus x-men avx for short uh and uh it will be written by the five quote-unquote architects with uh a collection of different artists and i think what it's 12 issue bi-weekly yes uh, uh miniseries pitting the uh the phoenix force is heading back to earth and hope's involved, and the Avengers want to, I guess, capture hope or have hope in protection or something like that. And, and the X Men don't want to give her up, and uh, I guess the, the, yeah. the hilarity ensues. So right. go ahead. And, and I, I was being kind of snarky. I must have caught something from. King, I don't think so. King Daff, no, I don't. I said. No. I, I said. Snarky, remember in the Bronze Age when that kind of shit would happen all the time. Heroes would yeah. meet. They'd yeah. fight. Oh, yeah. That they'd was a classic trope. Of, yeah. yeah they'd was, they'd you know, fight over every, some... It was every issue yeah. of Marvel 2-in-1. Right. They'd fight yeah. and then they'd yeah. be like, oh, wait, we're not enemies. Right. Yeah. And now they're doing it for 12 issues right. and charging four bucks a pop for it. What, what would have been done in half an issue way back well, when? Well, and I'm sure it's going to be, what, 80, 90 issues? I mean, all, all in. Right. Well, but, so the, but yeah, especially when you have... Three, four Avengers books, three, four X Men titles, plus they'll have the one shots and minis tying into it. So yeah, I mean it'll go on for a while. The Omnibus will be huge. Here's the thing I said that baffled me. I said on Twitter today, Remender's not involved. Which How is you not involve totally the wrong. Guy? Yeah. Well, they still Wait, don't the want X book. And he's well, yeah, X books is still a secret. Huh? X Force is still a secret. Jason, 
that I'm not caught up. I don't know. Could, that could be a blessing in disguise. For well, him. no, it could be, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, like he's he's taking over Secret Avengers, which again, to be fair, it hasn't happened yet. So, but him and Gabe, uh, it's, to me, that's a that's a a no lose combination. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he's going to be writing an Avengers and an X book at the time. There's an Avengers and X Men crossover, and he's not involved. Like that's just crazy. Well, it's it's I I would liken that maybe to to Brubaker, who kind of just listen. I I got to do this Civil War issue. Okay, so this is what it's going to tie into. But otherwise, I mean, same thing with House of M. His 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 Captain America issue. It's not even included in the omnibus. I don't even know if he wrote that Captain America issue that's tied into House of M. That's so, fair. I guess if you're saying he wanted it that way, that'd be cool. Then uh, that, guess, right, right. But I mean, if, he was, if he was slighted, then that's then then no, then that's that that's yeah, you're right. You're right. Could be okay. If, if you that's figure, you know what, this is where because I mean it's, it's similar to Peter David. If if you know if listen if if I have to, I'll work this in or I'll do my best. But it it really isn't jiving with 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 my storyline. If if Remender's okay. going somewhere with X Force, and depending on. Because I mean, I know we get into it. I, I well, not 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 the four of us, but I know people on the forums get into it, and and I know Alan has has um has mentioned this as as a sticking point with him, where you know how can Wolverine be on the moon in one month in Uncanny X Men, but then in a regular issue because it's a comic book. But it's it's when it's collected, or you know, you don't know. There's seven days in a week. Uh, if on Tuesday he's on the moon, on Thursday oh, he's it's, it's, don't don't it's, don't don't oh, pull uh, the thread. But I'm just I'm I'm just saying that like so if if depending on what's going on with Uncanny X Force I mean I would based on Remender's track record I'd love to see him involved in this just because I know it'll make it that much better but if if what he's planning on doing with his book with his team I I, I can see it why he'd be sitting it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's cool. I hope you're. Right. I hope you're interpreting it the right way. I, I, I do too. I do too. I mean, I just. But mm-hmm. I'm giving. But that that that's me giving the benefit of the doubt. And and like Vince said, you know, it's like, it's it's fine if you know if I look at um the Ultimate Spider-Man, the the, the first six issues are the origin, whereas that was 15 pages in Amazing Fantasy 15, and boom, that's you were done. So I mean, it's I, I absolutely I'm behind Vince when he says you know they fought they moved on and you were done by the next issue and here we're dragging it out for six months for half a year, that's a bit much. But I mean, that seems to be the attention span of of maybe today's comic fan that that's maybe what they're expected. I I don't it it does bug me, but I I I can try to find those four issues from that 1987 miniseries and and read the original X Men versus Avengers. It, it's it's not a a a new idea. And I I speaking of of snarks since Vince brought it up. I mean, I guess this is just Marvel's way of retaliating against DC using so many Marvel editors and and writers at DC now. It's just it it seems to well w- w- they're going to retaliate by creating an, an, an event nobody it, wants to read. Well, I don't know if nobody well, wants. See, well, I, I, it's, it's, I think you have fair. to be careful there. Like, see, yeah, be honest, though. Be, a, be honest. I, your, I, your enthusiasm I, level for this this event, seriously? Let me make it clear, though. My enthusiasm for any event is is limited at this point. Yeah, right. event fatigue. You know, for lack of a better term, it, it's not. It, it's it's the mechanism with which events have become, which is uh, drawn out. Um, Many of the ones in recent years to me haven't paid off with much, and then it's tied up all of the ancillary titles that I'm enjoying for other reasons and, and, and taking them off course. That's what we've been handed by both Marvel and DC for a long time. So, so no, so I'm, I'm, 
I'm not general and fan of any gigantic event. That said, as I think I said in our forum today, um, you know, you don't in in the in the in the thousands of different little pockets of the comic world that 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 we've all experienced in our combined hundred plus years of reading comics. Uh, for me, the Avengers and the X Men characters are, are will be my favorite characters. So you know, yeah. you're putting. This has the potential to be something I adore. I mean, I you know, and, and this is this is this is twelve year old Woodrow's dream. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the, the, this is the right set of characters. I mean, I I read every Avengers and X book every month, always anyway. So so I'm I'm not gonna not good. read this. Good. I, I and and tell me if I'm wrong because I I just and I hope if I'm not wrong, I hope this doesn't overshadow it. Is this Bendis' swan song with the Avengers, or is he leaving after this? Is this yeah. tying? In? He's leaving after. Okay, all right. So okay. Yeah. But, He's leaving at the end yeah. of 2012, which means no one else will write the Avengers ever now, because there won't be a book to write. Be a book to write. Yeah. But getting back to what I was saying about this, the the story structure of the hero versus hero, blah blah blah. I was thinking, based on on this event thing, when did Marvel lose me? Like, I I, I would do anything for Marvel as a kid. I, that 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 butterflies in the pit of your stomach at the very thought of going to the newsstand to get a Marvel book. I had that for year, like a dec- more than a decade, right? Yeah, yeah. And when did when did I lose that love? And I, I I pinpointed it, the end of Secret Wars. I was never really? I, I I kept buying oh. Marvel out of because I love the characters, right? But I never yeah. really had that enthusiasm as I did when, like, way back when that was I, the pinnacle. I mean, they the, couldn't they couldn't the, top that. It, you know, it's and it was no, it wasn't. What I was saying. You it would, wasn't you secret age and exposure to other things. Yeah, and, right. But it wasn't yeah. Secret Wars per se. It was that. That's the 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 thing. That's the the, the signpost where I I didn't really care all that much about. Like, if I. If I read everything, I still bought everything. I mean, Iron Man, Avengers, Spider-Man, everything right across the board. But I just didn't get the, the thrill from it that I used to get. And and it was right right after Secret Wars. So I, I've been buying... Now that is an age thing, because for right. me, Secret Wars was, that was at the, the very beginning of my... Like, that was going to the toy store and seeing those comics and buying <sighs> them. And then realizing that there actually were stores that sold comic books... Like for, for like that's all they sold. You know what I mean? Like right, so, yeah. that was like the that's where the fuse got lit for me. Aside from Amazing and Fantastic Four, I got rid of all my Marvel books from the eighties up. No, I didn't. Yeah. See, I mean, I after Secret Wars, I was, um, I mean, as I, I loved when I visited. That was almost, that was, that was almost a flashpoint, you know. Oh, geez. it was. Uh, there was. I mean, I was still. When I mean, I Molecule visited. Man to this day, I, I love. I wish they used him more. Like I, I, I yeah. I want. The, I, I beg for the Beyonder to come back. Beg. Oh, okay. Preach. Well, see, I don't know about begging for the. Well, see, that's the thing, though. Secret Wars two kind of maybe put the Dude. kill kill the Beyonder for me. I mean, it was. Yeah, that that's kind of like Highlander too. It was. It was. Yeah. It was. It was. It was nice <laughs> that you know. Ass white. Parachute pants with the high collar. Yeah, I know, dude. That was fly right. with the Jerry Curl. Friggin' Curl. show notes are going to be a beast to write. I'm not putting <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> Just be like, listen to the episode. Dot dot dot. Not series. They hinted at his return, but it never happened. Well, didn't they do something with the Beyonder in, the in um, yeah the Illuminati uh, series? Yeah, yeah. yeah th- that was just kind of jerking off. Yeah. Wow, really? I would read that then. You're a fanboy. The um, no, it was is it was um, 
I well, like you said, Vince, you got rid of everything because I mean, you you yeah, no sold attachment a lot of your to, shit it. To, to to my comic shop, and I mean, and even after that time, it um, no, I was still. I mean, I would still hold on to my Fantastic Four and Amazing Spider-Man, but I mean, I was still even with that Remedia Junior art. I was still right. buying Uncanny X-Men, and and they were just there were it was still Marvel was still. Oh, it's you know it's it, yeah, when, no, when John, I mean John Byrne on the Incredible Hulk for the short amount the of time that yeah. yeah hey you at, at the Intel Planet Hulk the best yeah. six issues of the Hulk in my in 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 my opinion you know and it's not you know it's not fact you know all across the board but for me those are the six issues of the Incredible Hulk that I remember wow. Wow! Really? You, you, so you remember Bruce and Betty's marriage, and and Hulk and Banner splitting more than Hulk being in an alternate universe. Yeah, the crossroads and, with Jarella. Yeah, I, I, I remember. I remember Doc Samson. The UFO. Tell, I remember Doc Samson telling the Avengers that this is what you're going to get if you go after him. That's why I'm the one that has to do this. It was one I, I think how Burn tried to like man up Samson. That that really didn't work out too well. Yeah. I oh, lied it was too. Great. It was great. Love it. Oh boy. That was one of my that was like a poignant moment for me. And and it was like the Avengers are too powerful to go after the Hulk because they will destroy everything if they do. And so it's got to be mano in mano. It's got to be Doc Sampson and the Hulk. It was, I love that moment. It was so, it stuck with me for years. You, you were young. Okay, so we, uh, <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. It was good. Uh, it was, uh, anyway, so, so, all right, so, I. Right. All right, wait. I, I need someone to, out there agrees uh, with me. <laughs> yeah, someone out there agrees. With someone, me. the Chris fan of the show, agrees with you. Plural. The AC. The AC listener. <laughs> All right. I uh, I lied too. I didn't get rid of the Hulk stuff. So that's, that's, that's three books I didn't get rid of. I forgot. I forgot. Oh, so now let's change this up. We got enough of this Marvel yeah, shit. Switch it up. David what? and I. This what were you gonna were you gonna say something, David? No, I'm good. I'm good. I, well, I, I, I right. Oh wow, this is gonna be a long conversation because I know what you guys talk about. David and I, in an effort to keep our comic, really, thanks for inviting us. But we appreciate that. Well, we yeah, just that, no. <laughs> it's not like we don't know what you're about to talk about. But, oh, it's like you didn't read it. Give me a break. In an effort to keep our comic book dialogue as current as possible, we read. <laughs> <laughs> The 11 o'clock offices. David and I read The Dark Knight Returns for this week. <laughs> Cutting edge. What? Yeah, we read The Dark Knight Returns. Because we want to remember Frank before he went crazy. Uh, and and we were originally going to do both Dark Knight and uh, See, DK2. And I said, dude, I think we're biting off a little bit too much. Yeah, no, we were. And it's... I like DK2. I, Me I, too. I, I still, up until last week, I had I have the three issues. I have them. I dug him out of the crawl space. I have still not read, start to finish, DK2. I, I haven't well, read you're... Dark Knight Strikes Again. I've, 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 I've wait, 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 wait. So you've owned these issues for how many years? Honest God. Well, however long they, they came out. However and long you haven't they... read them, and then you, you knew how to find them in the crawl space? That's impressive. Oh, no, I know exactly where they were. because They're we were right there, behind the dead bodies. That's But it was. <laughs> it, it's just been one of those things where it's just like I don't – 
they're there and I know they're there and I can read them anytime, but I still have a lot of other shit to read. So I'll right. get to them. But, um, and this before. is why Dave and I were talking about revisiting the classics, how it's a good thing to do so every once in a while, because honestly, I picked up stuff this past that I didn't notice the first same thing, five, because, seven times reading this book. See, so, so you read it five, seven times. I might have read it. I, I remember going to Dragons then on, uh, on Central Avenue in Yonkers and, and buying the first three issues and waiting a while for the fourth to come out. And I, I think I have maybe the second or third printing of the first issue. And I read it when it came out in like 86, 87. 86, and, yeah. and, um, and that was, and that was pretty much it. I might have flipped through it. Well, no, I did read it again because I have the, the leather bound, silver gilded, um, Complete at the time, Frank Miller Batman, which which includes Year One, Santa Claus Wanted that are alive, and The Dark Knight Returns. So I, I I read it when that arrived in the in the mail years ago, but it's probably been at least ten years since I've revisited The Dark Knight Returns, and yeah. I wanted to read the first mini before reading DK Two because I didn't want to um I don't want to just read Dark Knight Strikes Again without knowing what Frank was doing the first time around. And and like you, there were things that I, I picked up on the second time. Because when, when the first came out, we're talking about 86, I was, yeah. I was starting high school. So, I mean, right. there were things that were happening that either, either I missed because I wasn't aware of or I didn't know what Frank was thinking. And it, it um, I think it was a little bit of a different read. I still enjoyed it. It, um, but some of it, I guess nowadays after watching so many bogey movies and, and, and being a fan of, of Turner classic movies, there are some things where I'm reading it and, and I'm thinking I, as I'm reading Bruce's inner monologue, some of it just, it's not painful, but it's just like he couldn't be more subtle. And, and when I mean he, I mean Frank Miller, but it's just like, it's some of it's just a little. Yeah, but noir isn't about subtle. Yeah, no, I mean, not, it's yeah. not. No, you're absolutely right. But it's just like it's it's. He was um, at the time when I first read it back in the day, it it was it was more subtle to me. I didn't pick up on it. I didn't. Oh, I didn't. Right. I didn't realize the influences. It, it was kind of new to me, and it was like, oh, this is so cool. Whereas now I know that it's like, it's it's a little more heavy handed, and and it's yeah. it, it it really is more of a nod to to what he and and it's probably why I'll never get past a certain scene in the spirit. We, we rented the spirit from, uh, from Netflix. And once I wish I could get past Eva Mendes's first, um, first on screen appearance in that movie. And I still can't, we, we sent it back. I never finished it. I don't know what the hell happens in that movie. I don't want to know, but it was just it, Frank's influences just became a lot more apparent as I got older. Hmm. We've this book had such a, a profound impact on on myself and my Everyone. friends that we would say for decades Batman don't shiv. I mean that <laughs> that that was the thing we were going to the comic shop. Somebody would say Batman don't shiv. You know, it's it just it it sinks its teeth very deep into you. But some of the things I didn't pick up the first time around. There's a hint that the Joker through the milk baby character may have sabotaged Harvey's bombs to go off earlier than they should have. I didn't pick that up the first time around. Hmm. 
because I might, it, that up, I might it, not have picked that up this time around. Yeah, because at, at, when he's talking to the milk baby in Arkham, and uh, milk baby says, "Ah, you know, Harvey wants me to make these 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 things for him, these bombs," and Joker says, "How many bombs?" Like he's really interested in what's going on. And yeah. then, oh, okay. and then, all right. Yeah, and then in the sequence where they're the the Gotham, the two towers where uh, Batman freezes the one and then the guys uh, try and get away in the second one. I guess Harvey had the detonator, right? Yes. The, the bomb went off, and it, there's no indication that Harvey did it. So I'm assuming that it was probably due to something that the Joker... I mean, he just loves to cause chaos, so why not uh, get well, his, his little with, yeah, white once, fingers once, in somebody yeah. else's plan, you know? But well, once, um, once the milk baby makes it apparent, see the, the thing is baby. to show you that 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 how to show you how I, how young I was and and the vodka's kicking in in case you hadn't noticed the uh, to show you how young I was when I first read the Dark Knight Returns the the main thing not the only thing but the main thing that I like like you said with your you and your friends Batman don't shiv Batman the don't one shiv. quote the one quote I remember from. The Dark Knight Returns is is Ruth Weisenheimer saying unsex, unsex, unsex. That's the, <laughs> if you bring up if you mention Dark Knight Returns, oh, that's, that's what funny. comes into my head, and it's it's sad because you got you you have David Endocrine and and it's just like yeah, it's like and Paul, and then yeah and Paul and it's like and it's just I mean and oh uh, that's not true because Ben Teed was um mentioned Dark Knight Returns recently on Twitter and I and I think he was trying to talk to somebody about, you know, what what's what's so great about the Dark Knight Returns and I everything I said I said, well I, I said everything. you have, um, you yeah. have like you know, every 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 stroke <laughs> on every page, you know, every piece know, of dialogue. See, you know, I don't know if, if, I, if I can buy into that. I don't either. I, I, I'm with Jason. I don't. I don't think it's the ultimate Batman tale. I don't think oh, it's. I do. It's the def- I don't, it is, it I don't is think, fucking brilliant. I don't, it is it's, beautiful. It's, it's it not is just a Batman story. It's no. It's not just a Batman story. But it's it's like it's it's when you finally realize that that Jim Gordon pretty much always knew, and and uh, and it's just there are things where okay. I, I think there's line work that I I, I think. I loved it a lot more when I first read it than I do now. Oh, it's wow, so it's so good. I think I like it more now than I wow. did originally. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I can say that. I, I think I might be in Jason's camp. I, and it's it. totally. It's it's it has a political stance that's totally oh, different oh, it, it, from well, what. Here's it, it, an interesting thing. I I I don't have any. And again, I probably haven't read it. I got the absolute uh, a few years ago. Oh, it's amazing. And, and read it, reread it then. So it's been a few years, and but it's, it wasn't that long ago. But I, so I have no issues with the story at all. I love the story. Right, but um, compare the the political bent in this to the shit that Frank is spewing on his blog now. Okay, now that's that's an intro. Not that far away. It's totally different. It's, it is. Long gooded man and, and plastic man, like. Well, no, no, no. You're thinking of the sequel. Yeah, you're thinking of DK. Oh, true, true, true. Yeah. But no, it's, I mean, Dark Knight in essence is Batman allowing the people take to take back what's theirs. It's it's not it's not an an anarchist screed, but it's uh there's something really wrong with democracy in this country. If uh you, you know you can't trust the president, he's got the big the big dog at his beck and command, yeah, and yeah. the big dog has yeah. been brainwashed not by the politicians but by his parents. That's one of the best lines in this thing. And it's another thing yeah. that, that I picked up this, this time reading it. Uh, as they're fighting at the end, right? I think it's, 
it's before Ollie shoots the, the kryptonite arrow. Uh, and uh, Batman says, you know what? You sold out on us. You, you, you allowed this to happen, but it's not really your fault. It's your parents' fault because they, be, they, have, they came from an era when no one questioned the government. It, yeah. it was it was beyond it was inconceivable that the government was not acting in anything but your best interest back then and and because he was raised by parents with that kind of belief system he had it so of course superman would kowtow to the to politicians because that's that's what he was taught and and he realizes it's the boy I, scout he realized i fucked up i handed them the keys we just handed them the 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 controls to the most powerful weapon well, let's be honest. In DC's universe, the most powerful weapon in the damn universe, mm-hmm. and it's at the at the the control of politicians. Yeah. And then because of that, the whole thing in in Cordo Maltese uh, starts. And did you did you get that nod? Uh, oh, Maltese? to um, um, Hugo Pratt. Uh, to Earl Pratt. Yeah. Hugo. Wait. Yeah. Pratt. Hugo Pratt. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, got my Pratt's mixed up. No, I was just looking at a at there. There's a panel in here that it's great page design and. It's a it's a silhouette of Batman, kind of standing on two pillars with. Oh, with I just a, turned a that page. <laughs> yeah, I, on the you. rope. Yeah, I I drew that silhouette a a thousand times whenever I was a teenager. Oh. It's I mean that is that is an absolutely definitive Batman silhouette for me. It's uh, this this book uh, the, the you know the uh, the girl Robin. Robin, you know, flying through the air upside down. It's uh, there are so many absolutely iconic Batman See, images. Now, now this is and, and this is what I mean by when 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 I say me personally when I and, and just switching topics for, for a brief second when I say that not every story needs to be told and and when I say that I'm I'm referencing as, as Julian and I were talking about on on Facebook and on Twitter. With, with with any Watchmen prequels or sequels or anything like that, when I say not every story needs to be told, when as I've been reading this to, to talk about on the show, yeah, th- this became apparent because there there are things where you know we don't need we don't need to know Carrie Kelly's backstory. We we, we get everything when she's talking to her her fellow student about gymnastics and 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 you know her 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 skating vibe just based on her grades in the computer class and we we get everything we need to know just in a conversation. So whereas and again going back to the um to the ultimate Spider-Man and and the origin story going on for so long, you know, just because we this is this is I guess maybe my main problem with 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 comic books today where we need to be told everything that happens between panels whereas back then we didn't you know whatever the author wanted to tell us or show us was in those four issues so so in these four issues of of the dark knight returns we we get everything we need to know about the new robin you know we don't i I don't care that because of the way Frank is telling the story we we know that her, her parents are potheads that that they've been tripping that you know, that part was a little heavy-handed. But well, yeah, but it, but it, but I mean, at least it told us why these parents wouldn't care what their daughter was doing in right. the middle of the night if if she's not in in her room and if they're not checking to see if she's in her room. Um, 
the, the, it, things are explained in these pages. So when I, when, when I say that not every story needs to be told, I don't, I don't need to know everything that happened in those 12 issues of Watchmen, as far as I'm concerned, happened in those 12 issues. That's it. I don't, I don't care that Darwin Cook is, is orchestrating it or whatever. I don't need to revisit that universe. So here with, with, with Dark Knight Returns, everything is in these four issues and and i'm cool with what miller is telling yeah. us as far as these characters so i mean whereas now if i was a new comic book reader based on how i've been trained because of of, of how the publishers tell their stories these days i'd want to know well what did carrie have for breakfast that day and 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 you know and and, and what's her monthly cycle and stupid shit like that well, that isn't necessary to the story here's frank miller just saying listen this is all you need to know about these characters and and and, and we're off and right what what struck what struck me about Dark Knight at the time, and and to put it in like today's um, context, is that you take an incredibly popular creator that at the top of his game, um, you know, name a name an name a very popular artist today, um, just kind of off the top of your head, uh, Gary Gary Frank, Gary Frank, say Jim Chung you know, whoever, um, at the top of their game, incredibly popular, and then they come out with a series of prestige books that took their style and kind of flipped it over on its head. I mean, this is such a departure from from what he was doing on Daredevil. I mean, it's there. There are pieces. There are pieces of it there, but yeah. you compare this page to page to what he was doing at Daredevil, and I mean, it's a it's a drastic departure. It's a lot closer to Ronan. Yeah. It, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, but can, can you imagine? Um, you know, Jim Chung change or Gary Frank changing up their style and doing something more along the lines of like. Jeff Lemire. Mm. It, it, that, that, it, I mean, that's kind it, of a pretty widespread, but I, I well, get where I you're mean, going. That, with that's, it, yeah. that, in comparison, I mean, that's what Frank Miller did. It was it was so incredibly loose compared to what he had done on Daredevil. It's I mean, Daredevil was a lot of a lot of you know blacks and and very moody, but it wasn't this loose. It wasn't this gestural. Well, it's the European influence that impacted him a lot uh, and um, yeah, japanese and, and, and to a 14 year old kid that didn't know where fucking europe was that was kind of a fucking shock vince <laughs> i have i have a question yeah and it, it comes from one of gordon's internal monologues and it, it's it's a really strange bit of dialogue that doesn't fit with the rest of the stuff i'm assuming he's talking about Early something in the book or later on in the book? uh issue two i think okay yeah it's about issue two where he's talking about you know um He's talking about Batman and he's all the things around him in the city and he's lighting his cigar and he says, you know, a young boy dashes past me, healthy, dirty, and beautiful. Yeah. Don't you don't want to know what that makes me think of. That's a weird panel. That's just that a, is, a no, weird I'm right at that panel. Yeah, right it's now, like man. what so I'm assuming he's thinking <laughs> about Jason being killed. Uh, in, in quotes. See, I didn't I didn't s I don't know if I picked up on that. It was um it was I think when I read it it was more of that um that's not gotham these days that's not there's no hope in gotham this is it it makes him think of that 
but it's not where. Um, yeah, but to anybody who doesn't know Gordon, that's that's almost a creepy panel. Well, sh- but the whole fucking book is creepy, dude. Because you no, know, I mean, creepy. meaning You're that meaning that girl. Gordon is thinking something kind of. S- but then, if you're going to think of that about Gordon, you better think that about Bruce. Well, he doesn't give me a, why just because he takes a, t- a teenage girl to be his his ward or not that, ward his that, sidekick girl. That's my soldier, and and the way he's holding and cradling her as, it's as fatherly. As no, oh. I think you're reading some into that. You're not reading something. <laughs> All right, I'm yeah. not. When David. he says when the when David. the word beautiful is bolded, yes, yes, it's, yes. A, it's it's about the war. It's always. About <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just it's just a it's a strange panel that, that just it it sticks out like a sore thumb. It's uh, then in the next panel he's thinking about his wife Sarah, you know, and I think about her, and the rest is easy. So it's just it doesn't make all that much sense in the in the in the stream of thoughts that that's going by there. It's just a weird. Uh, that's, it's a, that, it's an, maybe, maybe that's why he says you don't want to know what we're maybe, maybe the brutality that happened to Jason. I mean, at the time, Jason died dead. We never thought we'd see him again. And, and no, not you. And, 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 a, and a lot of a lot of Bruce's motivation was coming from the fact that he lost somebody under his care to the Joker of all people. You know, and 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 how fitting was it that the the final Batman Joker showdown happens in a tunnel of love? And well, that's fitting. But I mean, thank God there were really no crowbars involved in in any of that. It was it, what I, as as I'm reading it now, I, I'm noticing that, um, and whether or not it, it's symbolic, I don't know. But it was um, because he's wearing the older costume that that we grew up with. With well, most of us grew up with him wearing with with the yellow around the bat symbol. How that that was. Um, destroyed with machine gun fire and then like for the rest of the series he's wearing just just the black bat yep. on the gray tunic and and uh and that pretty much becomes i mean from from hush on because bryfogel had the um the yellow oval but i mean after that from i guess maybe from yeah I, i'm guessing from, from when jim lee and jeff Loeb did hush from that point on it's been black on gray and yeah. and it's um back to the roots yeah, because it was it was it was black on gray from in, in in the old days, and and that was and that was the other thing where that I guess it didn't strike me as as so. Um, oh my god, I can't believe he's doing that! But there was a lot of gunplay from Batman in this series, and yep. and that that that's something that you know I know he used back in the late '30s, but after that he pretty much didn't bother no with guns. I mean, he, he did he, shoot he did the two in when he found Joe Chill's gun and um he shot he, the girl who had the baby the kidnapping when he when he finally found oh, the baby he, right, he right, shot right. her that's when that's exactly when it became like oh all right so so guns are are fair play i guess from here on out but it was there was and when i say that it wasn't a batman story it's it's because we we have a lot of there's a lot of um, a lot is said about the mutants. About the newscasters tell us a lot about the story. We we get some some inner monologue from Bruce, but uh, and we get some great Alfred lines. Really good Alfred, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. fantastic. But it's it's um, but it I I find it it maybe it's just me, and and I'm I'm cool with it if it's just me. But I I find it hard to believe that the same Bruce Wayne. In year one, is the Bruce Wayne that grows up to be Batman in The Dark Knight Returns? It's decades later. 
I understand. Decades later. I think it's the definitive Batman story. I don't. I don't. I really. Uh-huh. I don't understand what you were talking about. The, you, you don't understand that the Bruce Wayne in Batman Year One is this Bruce Wayne. I don't. That, you're right. Oh. No. No, you're right. That, that, that's exactly what I mean. Is that I don't. I, I find it, and 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 like Chris said, it's decades later, and and he's and he's worn down, and the war has raged on, and 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 he's and and he's fought for so long, and and he was retired, and and now you know for some reason he decides to don the cowl again, and the and demon he, wouldn't let him go. Right, but it's it's it just you know he shaves his mustache, as Alfred points out, but it was um, there's just something in it as i'm reading it where it's just it i don't want to say it feels forced but but it there's a point in the book where there i guess early on the first issue where i'm just it um i mean see i thought he was much older until i get to the fourth issue i thought he was like in his i want to say maybe his 70s but it's like he's like he's like 52 when this is happening and the way frank was writing it, it it seems like he's supposed to be much, much older. Like in the well, seventies. It's funny you well, say that. He's a war vet. Go you ahead. know what though? It is funny you say that though, David, because again, to talk about where you are in your life when you're like, you know, when you're a teen, a, a, like a preteen and a teenager, mm-hmm. like someone who's thirty is like old to you, like in your mind. <laughs> sure, right. So like, right. to me, when I read this when it first came out, I like I, I, I got to be honest, I didn't realize like they may even. I mean, I, the idea of him being in his early fifties to me when I read this was like being eighty. Yeah, right. dude yeah, is old. Like, like right. when I read this, I assumed he was elderly. Like I assumed right. he was like 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 an elderly guy that was only because was he was yeah. was still fit enough to you know. So it's actually shocking to me to hear that he's in his early fifties in this book because yes. I don't think the story reads like that at all. But the right. difference is I'm in my mid thirties now, so to me fifty doesn't seem like daunting anymore, right? Like, but but. Yeah, I, I definitely read this. I've always in my mind pictured him to be much older. Than this is seventies, almost like seventies, and is in um, like not, not quite encroaching eighty, but I mean in his seventies, I always thought. And it's yeah. when I get to that fourth issue, I'm like, wait, he's like fifty two or his early fifties. I'm like, and he's carrying on, and he's only in his fifties. It's like it's just something just didn't didn't. But I guess maybe in nineteen eighty seven, that was supposed to be. Because we just had crisis and 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 everything else was happening with DC and who knows what's going to happen tomorrow and this was this was back in the day where as Chris was talking about with the Asgardian Wars and when we brought up Longshot it's like you know back then it wasn't like there really weren't and it's funny because since I brought up Watchmen before Renee and I were talking about it on the ride home because she was she doesn't understand why I'd be so against any other Watchmen stories and and when I when I explain the backstory about, you know, when when Watchmen was was being done, and I guess the contract that was signed and, and the work that was involved, you know, I guess DC was supposed to revert the the Roy the they were supposed to give it back to Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons when when it was said and done. As long as it's a year after it stopped being in print, we give you back your creation, but since the book has constantly been oh, that that was V for Vendetta, was it? Yeah, it was V for Vendetta. All right, so and it, but, and it, it just never went out of print. I always thought that was Watchmen, but no, it, it was v, v for Vendetta. But as as you know, I explained the backstory and everything, and it's this was back when, 
like I said, I, I picked up, I didn't buy the first issue when it first came out. I, I, I was unlucky enough to buy the second or third print. And this was one of the first books that I remember being constantly reprinted the dark Knight returns and oh yeah and um and it was it was just this was written at a time where i guess they didn't anticipate collections or thought about reprinting it or or um well well reprinting it in a collected format and things like that so it was just it was a different time it was a different mindset i was a different comic book reader back then but this was you know as i was buying batman off the well off the rack as it was coming out and it was a completely different character and i read year one and then i read the jim starlin issues and and uh, the jim starlin issues i should say but um this was just i i i read this in a different as, as i guess as an older i i still remember re- I, there were, as i'm turning the pages i remember reading it when i was much younger as it was coming out but i'm looking at it i don't know i, I can I say with fresh eyes or just older eyes? It was just there were things that I was that I saw in it now that and and I mean and one of those things is is the Miracle Man or the, or the Marvel Man costume that that I see later on in issue three or four where I'm like that I never kid. picked I never I never picked up on that back in yeah. in, in the late eighties. I'm like I, I either I just glanced over that panel or I didn't bother with it. It's 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 the lower right hand panel at the, at the end of the page and it's like it's just I don't even register it. And and here I'm like, oh shit, my eyes just instantly see it when when I turn the page, and I'm like, I I never noticed that before, and and um, and I believe you you were mentioning this earlier on Twitter this week, Vince, with with um with with, with Carmen Crew, yeah, and it was just and and I I remember because once I remember seeing it in in that issue, an issue I guess two or three, and and then I I for some reason I remember seeing it again. And amazing heroes, but but in one of the ads for this old bag lady with her with her shopping, yeah. and and it never I, I never made the connection until it, I. What David is talking about the the uh, sequence where Bruce is in the uh, liquor. Seven Eleven. Seven Eleven. Well, it looks like a liquor store <laughs> to me when he's dressed up as no, no, the, no, the no, old. No, well, it's a uh, it, it it's like a bodega, but she's saying that Seven Eleven sells it. Yeah, she she's he, the the bag lady with the with the push cart buying the liquor in the store. That's Bruce all uh, in costume, but that character is called Carmen Crew, and it's a it's a very uh, at the time it, it, I guess it, it still is. It's a classic French comic strip character, comic book character, and uh, it's not the first time he did an homage to that that uh, character because in Electra Lives Again. She's uh-huh. oh. she's walking away from the uh, the cemetery in in the in the funeral scene, but it, it, it's m- a much more explicit um, homage. Like that's the character in Electra Lives Again. This it, it's an homage, but it's it's a loosely yeah. uh, based homage. But I mean, this, yeah, this thing. And, and sp- speaking of that, I think that that Dark Knight and Electra Lives are great comics to read back to back well you could see in terms of uh the style of of uh frank and his then i think it was his girlfriend lynn varley you his you wife. can his wife then it was his wife it, it was his wife when he was the, at least doing the dark knight okay well you could see 
there, there's a definite separation, and it comes between issues two and three, where Frank eases up and relinquishes a little bit of control and lets her go hog wild with the colors because you there the the style employed in Electra Lives Again is very pronounced. Well, from, I mean, you've, got the, insa- you've got the insanity of Sienkiewicz in that. Well, no, I'm talking. No, no, no. Electra Lives Again is Frank. Like Frank, Frank drew. It's all. Is that Frank. all Frank? Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I was thinking assassin. Sorry. Right. Oh, no. Right. No. Yeah. Electra yeah, lives yeah, again. Yeah, the 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 very painterly style. That, I mean, he just gave her contour lines in Electra Lives Again, and she did the. I, you know, I could say it now. She did the majority of the work. It's it's mm-hmm. all color, and and from issue th- in issue three and four, you could see he eases up a little bit. Not not as much as as what came after, but the style is there, and it doesn't happen all that much in the first two issues. It's mostly Miller and and uh, Jansen. So that I mean, yeah, you can oh, read. Yeah, no, you, you you could read Letcher Lives Again after this, and it's you could see the progression of Frank's style even more. It's awesome, and and Lynn's too. And there's that 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 one guy that the uh, the newscast always seems to find. The, the, he he first appears when he talks about the subway incident, and Superman saves the um the the subway the person who got pushed onto the subway, and, but then he appears again when he was um arguing with the priest and uh and he's and he's sitting there wearing the neck brace and that that really i mean when when i see characters like that it's like oh you know oh and the priest was and then we went to the supermarket and and all these other people had the same idea and they wouldn't want to share their food and it's like and then i think about so I, i read this and then i think about the way um people acted during the hurricane or even you know after the hurricane with with the recent nor'easter and it's like I don't think we're really that bad. And then I wonder, you know, why the hell, why would people ever want to stay in Gotham City? If, if it really is. You know what, David? Is, I, I'm, what? Not being, I'm not being nasty, but I, I could say this because you're my brother. Mm-hmm. People call me weird. Nobody, nobody reads comic books like you do. <laughs> you pull the most bizarre shit out of left field. I, I, no, honest to God. Like sometimes I, I'm thinking, where the fuck's he going with this? And then, and then, <laughs> no, 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 don't be sorry. Why, it's a, it's why a do unique. People live in New York, David. <laughs> David, you and you, you've, you've talked about this yourself, David. Not actually, not too re- uh, pretty recently. That there are certain things about comics that strike you the wrong way, and if it does, it like totally skews your view of the yes, whole world. I guess it does. I guess it does. I know. You'd, I. You know who I can't stand in this book? The one character I absolutely cannot stand, and I loved it when he got killed, was the uh, the psychiatrist. Uh, that Dr. Wolper. Oh, I, okay, I, yeah. I don't like oh. his opinions. I don't like where he's coming from. I could not stand him. And uh, thank God he got killed. But um, When the fuck did Lana Link get, uh, get so chubby? <laughs> How about how about Sel- how about Selena? Selena's a pig. Selena's from the floor up. She's like she's like she's like the uh, the 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 the, uh, the becomes the stereo uh, when from, you go back to your twenty year high school reunion. Yeah, yeah. You see that girl yeah. you always had a crush on, but she never gave yeah. you the time of day, and then you laugh because she's <laughs> she's a little big. She's a big. She's Mrs. Garrett, the goddamn she, thing. She, it's, but I mean, it, all right, so. But the, the, you know, the, the, really, there's a number of scenes in here now that you're just like, holy crap. The, 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 the scene where Bruce is sticking up for Harvey, 
where he's like, yes, we have to give him a chance, and he's going through a very, very hard struggle, and it, 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 he's not talking about Harvey. He's talking about himself. He's talking about wrestling that, that demon, that, that bat creature in, in, in spirit that he met in the, in the bottom of the well when he fell down there as a kid or the, the, the cave that, not the well, Jesus, the cave. Uh, that's what Bruce is talking about. He, he's, he's hiding. He's trying to, uh, convince himself that the, he, the, the, the demon doesn't exist, but he's wrong. Just like he was wrong about Harvey. It's a neat scene, and I love the scene where the Joker is basically comatose, and he sees uh, the report of Batman on the on the on the news, and he oh yeah yeah he yeah. snaps out of whatever yeah. if, if it was feigned I don't know, but he snaps out of that that stupor, and it's just like that's to me says Frank is telling us that the Joker doesn't exist without Batman. Oh, well, we've. I, I don't think that's news. I think no, I mean, it's not it was, news, but it was nicely done. Was, I mean, the sequence was, yeah, is no, really I, nicely I done. Yeah, no, it was. It was. It was. That was probably the most subtle Frank is in in, in the entire series. It was. <laughs> um, it was. It was, it was I mean, there were. Um, and I mean, and we, and we talked about Lena beefing up a little bit, but I mean, it's not like you know, the years weren't kind to Selena. That's why I said she's Mrs. Garrett. She's it's huge. Yeah, and it's it's um I'm lonely, Bruce. Yeah, well you're well, going to stay lonely, okay? <laughs> this conversation, I mean, you know, Vince has been very very derisive in his views on um Frank Miller for most of the time that our shows existed. And I I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but I'm thinking, you know, um sometimes and it seems like whether it's a, any kind of creative mechanism, but it seems like sometimes someone there are, there are creators that just are are amazing at, at different genres, at different time periods, and really, I think, transcend any kind of time or certain sort of moment in 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 uh, in, in the cultural lexicon, you know. Um, mm. But but then it strikes me that there are other guys and and, and women and creators that that um, you know kind of right place, right time. Like their their approach when they're getting work happens to fit the just the right. Um, you know, the, the, it just it just has a perfect overlap with the uh, yeah. with the characters and the and the the, the, the time the, the time and the culture and and what's the you know the pop culture trends and it's just they sort of get it at that moment. But but Dark, that, Dark but, Knight was the perfect book at the perfect time. Yeah, well, that's exactly. It's sort of like, so the question, I guess, for everyone else is that: Do do you guys think that Frank was was just you know? right place right time and and that's kind of what's happened to him in later years or or do you ascribe the change in your view of Frank's work to something else I I would like to know I mean to add to that I would like to know when they first read the dark knight returns Weird. because it's it's well because it's it's as I'm reading this now and then DK2 came out well after 2001 right like mm-hmm. i want to say 2003 2004 yeah. so i mean it was it was after the towers fell and and i know a lot of people seem to think especially with, with holy terror really now DK being available was be, was after 911 uh, i was think it? so i think so I don't know because he was talking about holy terror around that time. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at it right right now. Yeah, but, you do that yeah. because uh, I don't know. Sure was yeah, wait, late nineties maybe. Was I, it? I don't know. I'm thinking yeah. But, thinking well, the, the whole I, thing was you know after nine eleven, Frank Miller's gonna address the the uh, the Islamic fundamentalism issue in holy terror. And it's like 
Wow. That's when I started to question Frank's uh, mindset. Uh, Dark Knight Strikes Again came out December 2001. Okay. So, okay. So then he was working. It started before, but right. but by the time it ended, it ended in July two thousand two. So he may have by the time I get to finish because wow. I started I started DK two this week, but I haven't finished it yet. So <laughs> by the time by it's the time hilarious. I get to it's finish, hilarious. Oh, I know it is because you, I've you, already, you have you have to read DK two with the idea that Miller's I think I need to read DK two stoned. Well, no. no you, you need to read it with the understanding that that Frank Miller is making a joke. Yeah, he said, "Fuck it, I'm never going to top that original, so I'm he's, just going to do whatever I want to do." He's, so. he's he's telling a joke, and it's I think it's I like DK too. I Me think too. It's, I think it's, it's I'm, a great I'm book. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it, especially because we we start it's, off so early in the first issue with, with with Ray Palmer. So I mean, it's it's he's definitely I mean hooked from from early not, on. Yeah, it's nutty, but you know, kind and, of, and, you know, and and there's a Hal appearance, at least from the newscasters. Yeah. I'll agree with like, you where you if you want to say DK two is not exclusively a Batman story, I'll agree with that. But well, yeah, not, but not Dark Knight Returns. Isn't. See, Dark Knight Returns, my, my my thing with Dark Knight Returns is there's a lot of there's I I guess I'll say it's a Batman story because this is in Batman's universe, and these are people. You, you where, think? No, no, no. I'm saying that it, because you, it's not. You, you, yes, here, you wait, wait, wait. allow it to be a Batman story. No, no, no. Because with, oh no, it, don't it, get in that direction. Because it, he has the power to do that. In comparison with with Year One, that's pretty much all Bruce. Whereas here, this is a lot. This is Bruce. This is I'm sorry. This this is Gordon. This is Carrie. This is this is the newscasters. This is a lot of things other than Bruce. We hear from Alf. See, I'm well, no, but he's because as someone who read Year One for the first time, what last year? Uh, Yeah. uh, That that to me is as much a Gordon story as it is a. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. No, uh, you're right. You're right. Because I, I, you've read it more recently than I have. I haven't read it in a few years, and and I would definitely say that because of 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 the way Gordon is, and especially when he has to deal with um, with 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 blonde flat top and and things like that. I, I, yeah, I, I I can definitely see that being a Gordon story more than anything else. Uh, but I mean, but there's more Bruce in there than there is. Oh yeah, oh that I definitely agree. In with, Dark yeah. Knight Returns, and yeah, but in Dark Knight Returns, though, Bruce is the the center point around which all this. He is the center point in this. Absolutely. None, none of these events, none of the motivations of any of the characters, they all revolve around Batman. It's about the Dark Knight returning. Well, <laughs> that's so deep, Beastman. That is deep. Oh, my God. I never saw that. No. No. I mean, you, you get Carrie and Two-Face and the Joker and Gordon and, and they... It, they, they it, it's it's about him coming back, and he transforms all these characters around him. The events are all I, I get Batman it's, motivated. It's, it, I get that it's Batman influenced and it's Batman motivated. But no, it's a fucking Batman story, David. <laughs> I I get that. No, you're not. It, it's we don't hear when I say it's a Batman story. We're not. I'm not seeing enough of of Bruce or Batman thinking or 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 his monologue i don't i don't hear bruce's or batman's voice as much as i hear everybody else's as i'm reading these four issues yeah because it's about wow. how how 
Batman returning. And, it's, and that's fine. Absolutely and, and so, so at, at the base, at the base it's Batman's story. But I'm not hearing Bat- that. That's what I'm saying. Batman's not saying these things. Other people in Batman's universe are. That's what he does. In response to him. That's what he does. <laughs> I get that. It's, it's, oh, my God. Not, I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying that year one is more of a Batman story to me than The Dark Knight Returns. Okay, okay. I think so we can just decide, David, that you hate fun, basically, is what it comes down to. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, saying, that's I, always I, the I, argument. I, 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 hate, I, I hate Aryans with, with, with swastikas on their nipples. That, that, that's what we're coming down to. <laughs> he liked younger Bruce Wayans. She's kind of a cream puff. She went down pretty easy. I expected more. You, I, I, What's I expect her name, Bruno? Oh, yeah. Expect the, uh, yeah, I think it was a tranny. Do on her. You think? <laughs> what was that, Jason? I said I could do without the flock of seagulls hairdo. On her. <laughs> yeah. Hey, 1986, baby. No, no, believe me. For the time, it was the it was. I'm sure <laughs> it was the shit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I this book generated enough inertia for me to buy Batman for. How many decades after this? I recently stopped. Well, no, I'm still buying Batman with Capullo. I mean, no, I bought Batman for a lot of years based on this story to me back then was so goddamn exciting. I was like, I'm buying Batman every month because I was like a sporadic Batman reader before this. I would pick it up every now and then. Because back in the 80s and early 90s. This was the first and only DC book. Well, no, no, I guess I guess Watchmen. I was going to this and Watchmen. Same year. The only two DC books I bought for years of comic reading. Wow, really? that's right. You, wow. You're the Marvel guy. Yeah, yeah. I subscribed to this. Remember when um, DC oh took out God. an ad wow. in Rolling? They took out an ad in Rolling Stone. Yes, and it was it was it was that one image of, of Batman with the lightning behind him. Yes, and and I said uh, I do not want to risk missing this series because the buzz about it was tremendous. Oh yeah, and uh, was, so I said. <laughs> It was it was the series that they named the whole format after. Is yeah. Yeah, that was the thing. Marvel stuff every week. And I just remember seeing like placards and posters for this. And for some reason, I don't you know, um I just must have asked the guy at the sales counter like what it was all about and he was just like buy it and I, I bought it and I read it and I, I I enjoyed the hell out of it, but it didn't unlike Vince, I was such a Marvel zombie, I didn't it didn't compel me to start buying dc right. years later but but, but uh, you know when i eventually did receive the issues somebody in the dc subscription department screwed up and i got two copies of each nice yeah so i had i had first prints uh from dc and they were they were polybagged mm-hmm. and and then i had first prints from the uh the comic shop so i managed to get them but back then i was like Mr. Big Balls, because I had first prints, three of them, <laughs> of each damn issue. I was like, look at this. Look at I got it. Big Balls. It's lasted but, for 25 years. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's Right down the shitter, buddy. It is a great is a great story, but I I can't, knowing what else is out there, no, I, I can't say it's definitive. You're crazy. Because You're crazy. It's, You're it's, fucking see, crazy. Chris, crazy. That, 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 you can't do that. You cannot flood the it's argument okay. with words. It's no, crazy. it's not good. It, it, just you repeating the same thing over does not make it wrong. true. That's not that, that, that the Dark Knight Returns is not the definitive Batman story. Why am I crazy? You're wrong. You're wrong. Why am I, why am I wrong? wrong? Why am I you wrong? know what I love? Name another, I, I, name another one. I love Miller. You're wrong. Yeah. 
Year, I think Year One is visually more appealing to me than Dark Knight oh, Returns. Year One's amazing. That's right. You're one, absolutely right, Vince. Yeah, but I like the story more this, in Dark Knight Returns. This isn't. This isn't. If, if if I were to, if I wanted to to say that this is the definitive Batman story, and you want to say, hey, what's Batman about? Well, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I know. I know. I know. I I see what I see what you're saying though. It's like you know. Give, He's got a one, gun. Give, give me one story to read to understand who Batman is. That's all I'm saying. Dark Knight might not be the best. I, one. Is oh, it, I think it is. Is it, is it maybe? You would. But, I but would. Is it, is it one of the top three? Is it one of the? Well, you said top. Uh, I would say yes. I would say. I would say it is. It is a top three. I mean, I would. I would. If if the top three consists of. The Dark Knight Returns and 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 Year One and what would the third yeah. one? Then I could I would, I would agree with that. It, it's definitely the problem, the problem with your premise is that oh is no that, is that Batman <laughs> okay, here we go. oh no <laughs> problem with your premise is you do not see it the same way <laughs> Neesman does. <laughs> Can I state my case for a second? Dumb fucking do. Go ahead. Oh really? Well, look at this. Go ahead. He wants space, Mister. I'm gonna repeat the same thing over 45 million times. Coming in with my wait, elbow. wait, wait! Give him, yeah. give him space. Give him space. Uh, uh, no, the the the, 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 pro, the problem Jesus. I have with, with your premise is that Batman is such an iconic character that I don't know if people, I don't know if that person exists that has no idea who Batman is. It's oh. hmm. it's such an iconic character that all you have to do is say. This is a story about reti- old retired Batman. That's all you have to say, and give that to them. And it's—I mean, it says hmm. everything. How is that exciting? How is that? How is that? Is it exciting? Because it's a fucking amazing piece of work, David. <laughs> I'll tell it's you, a piece of work as a comic book reader. But I mean, for how no, is it? No, no, it's amazing. Oh no, because they, they they made a whole series of movies well, about Stephen so. King says it's probably the well, finest piece of comic art. The, maybe they shouldn't fucking read comic books. Ever oh, to, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> now let me tell you, as you can hear the boiling, you can hear it boiling up in Chris's voice. <laughs> I was I was basically in Jason's boat at the time this came out. I was originally hardcore Marvel. You are shit. Piss. Go ahead. Yeah. Damn it. I I would th- I mean because you could say that Chris I mean if I asked you then what's what's the definitive Spider-Man what's the definitive Superman what's the definitive Captain America story what would you come back with would it be all stories about would it be Spider-Man Reign would it be would it be I mean so I mean so why oh, God you can don't fucking go there um, I mean what's I mean let's go down the list what is what's the definitive Spider-Man story Clone Saga. <laughs> yeah. um, Wait, am I am I still crackling? I I think All Star Superman is the definitive Superman. I would, story. I would probably agree with that. If yeah, I would say that over over the man who has everything or whatever happens yeah. to the man tomorrow. I would and, definitely. And, say, yeah. and what you're saying about DKR is that it doesn't have the Batman origin. Well, you know, oh, it's it, in every fucking issue with the fucking pearls. It's in every. It, it, okay, the well, there you go. You know, um, the thing is, my good, good thing is, I gotta say this. I'm gonna forget it. Just say, just say, just say. No, it's a, no. it's you. You can't. No, Vince, you're not right yet. Uh, it's hard. It's hard because because 
Batman Year One exists, and that's what makes it difficult because that is so brilliant. It just it it talks to the strength of the character that this exists, and there are other Batman stories that are that are fantastic. But outside of of Year One and and DKR, what would you say are the definitive? It's not going to be fucking Hush. Oh hell no! So what? So what it is? You know, is it? You know, what it is? What is it? The definitive Batman story. I don't. That that's that's. I, um, yeah. Well, I mean, you got those. You got Death of the Family. Fantastic. You got Long Halloween. Yeah. Killing. Long Halloween is not. I love it. No, no I mean, I'm just throwing I out mean, the people, the, the ones that, that would be on a short list. I'm, I'm I'm not saying they're. I'm just saying those would be. I think. Uh, those those would be in the you know if, if someone was to make a ten. You know, a list of ten Batman stories. I'm sure most of those would be on the list in some fashion. Okay, but I think the strength, and I'm good now. I can tell. You are good. I think the strength of Dark Knight Returns is that it leaps to the the front of your consciousness when someone says, "What's the best Batman story?" Inevitably, someone in in a, probably about a millisecond is going to say Dark Knight Returns, right? And yeah. that was what was beautiful about what Chris did. He said, well, okay, what's the what's the definitive Spider-Man story? You can't pick one because there's not a clear-cut story that encapsulates Spider-Man as well as Miller encapsulated Batman with Dark Knight Returns. What's the what's the definitive Fantastic Four story? There's not one. It's 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 all of it. All you know, yeah. okay, you can say the John Byrne years. That's not the definitive story. That's no. a lot of stories. What's right. the, what is the one story that encapsulates the Hulk? Planet, Planet Hulk. Planet, Planet Hulk? Hulk. Really? Planet Hulk. <laughs> no, not no. Really. It's, it's, for you, it, no. it is a. It is. It's my favorite Hulk story, but it's not definitive. I love Planet Hulk, but but, but it's not definitive. But it, it's it's not the 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 landmark Hulk story that that defined the character for generations it's great it's it's amazing right. I, I i don't sell dark knight returns short man it, i'm it, not it, it, I'm, saying, i just i'm to saying sure, david I, did say it's like top three i mean he there didn't. you go I'm not, I'm not it's not my definitive well, I, that's I don't, good I don't and that's what i wanted to say to niesman when he said well it's not your definitive he david does have the power to decide what his oh, definitive what, is. what his definitive is and yeah, and as far as he goes I, that I, is the definitive one Whatever he picks, just because I don't see it as why this would be. I mean, it's it's. We can give you our take on it and our absolutely. reasons that we think it is. Absolutely. But if they jive with you, you're not feeling it. You know, that's the beauty of art, man. But I mean, I think you're wrong too. I, that's <laughs> but, <laughs> and, I, I, and I will tell you, I I appreciate it more now than when I did as I was reading it off the rack from Dragons Den back in 1986, so I mean, it's not. See, that's the thing, though. I, I, and and this isn't. I don't. I'm not. Mm, I'm trying. I'm trying not. not rough. <laughs> I'm not. I'm trying not to brag or, or say that. Oh, I remember when. I'm just. I bought this when it was coming out. So I mean, I was reading it as it was happening, as it was new and fresh. It's not. I'm not. I'm not reading this now. When if someone were to come on our forum and say, "Hey, I'm new to comics. What should I read?" And someone says Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns and 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 Ultimate Spider-Man, the first trade, and all this other thing. I'm not. I'm not coming. Same sentence. I'm just saying. I'm not coming on to saying. Tell me some. What or or okay. Well, then here's my girlfriend wants to read comics. What should I get her? Or anything like that. Where I'm new to comics. What should I read? This isn't. I, I. 
I was reading this as it was coming out, and I remember what was what else was going on in the DC universe. But and that has no bearing on a new comic creator. It just no, no. But I'm I I appreciate it since I was reading it back then. Right. As and I read it again for probably at paying attention, probably for the first time last week. I appreciate it more now than I did back then. Right. Well, I'll tell you okay. one thing. The wait between issue three and four was murder back then. Yes, it was. Holy yeah, it was. shit. I was like, when is this coming out? I want to see what happens. <laughs> I agree. Matter, I, yeah. I remember to, to um, illustrate the impact that this book had, something that would never happen today. Uh, as most high school seniors do they go to well not high school seniors well my girlfriend at the time was a high school senior so yeah okay as most high school seniors do in our area well you go to wildwood for the summer of your senior year, right and and i yeah, boy. <laughs> i remember being in wildwood right and i had a batman t-shirt on when this came out i i had the, the t-shirt with the bat on right and this dude that was running the ride said hey man how about that dark knight returns like you would never encounter something like that today, sure. and 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 it wasn't the it wasn't the only one that did. I mean, when I was walking the the boardwalk, a lot of people would be like, "Oh, I love that Dark Knight Returns." That's unheard of today. A lot of people read this book. That doesn't make it good, but I'm just saying it it kind of permeated more than just well, the comic book culture. Just, like I, I mean, said, I, I had, you just said the Rolling Stone ad. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but no, go ahead, Jason. Well, no, I was going to say I agree with what you're saying, Vince, completely. Because again, I was read, I was going into the comic shop every week at that when this was coming out, and I was buying a lot of comics, although they're all Marvel. And it was, this, for some reason, was the one thing, well, uh, one of two things that got me to to try something in another universe. That's Even though nice. at the time I was completely aware of the fact that I, to me at the time it was Marvel versus DC. I had no interest in DC. <laughs> this was like for some reason because of the, I think the, the, the buzz and the popularity it was like the one thing that got me to transcend and try it. You know, it was yeah. something about the buzz in the shop got yeah. me to... to for, do, for, for me, for me it was the comic that showed me that DC weren't kids comics. Ooh. Because up to that point, DC, read, was, D, DC was challenged the Super Friends to me. So, oh. so, so you read this before you read Watchmen? Yes. Yeah. So this came out okay. before Watchmen, didn't it? Same year, but before. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know about before. This, I, I, this book, to me, I was a last lapsed DC reader. Huge fan of DC when Kirby was doing... Commandy, and then with the with the you know the horror books, loved them to death, and 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 I I read DC for a lot of years, but then I kind of strayed away from DC. Superman did not attract me at all as a kid. I did not care. That's and, the same stuff every month. Yeah, really. The Kurt Swan thing. Oh, God, yeah, give me a break. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Kurt fan, Kurt Swan fans. I have you know Mighty Mannequin Theater, but um, oh, this to me reinvigorated that that kind of love for dc's characters and i bought D- dc for decades just this was the book that instigated uh, reignited that dc love how about that okay. no that's i mean see i i so stick that in your pipe and smoke it david no you, 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 you don't come down on david david <laughs> I was reading DC before. I was reading DC apps. Admittedly, I looked at Jim Aparo stuff, and I'd be like, "What?" Now oh, I, I no, really, now I love Jim Aparo. But yeah, back then he was so different from Marvel, the Marvel style. 
Because it was good. It was, it was, um, David. <laughs> Dude, I was, I was, you know, I was reading both at the same time. I was, when, when, when Chris was talking about something that, that I didn't expect Asgardian Wars from Chris earlier in the episode, I was expecting to hear Squadron Supreme, honestly. So it was just, oh, no. was, yeah. So, I mean, it was just, it was, it was nice to hear what I wasn't expecting. But right. I just, I mean, it was the, the 80s were, my golden age, your bronze, the bronze yeah, age definitely. is your golden age, but it's, it's just, I mean, the, the, the eighties, that was, I tried to absorb everything I it would, because I didn't know when it was going to end. I didn't know what was going to happen. It was just it was exciting. It absolutely was exciting, dude. You don't, I mean, it. now it's just like, now we know, all right, if I don't get this four issue miniseries, I know the month after the fourth issue is out, I'll be able to get trade. Now we, we don't like, care. Like, it's exactly. Exactly, and it's, and so if if I can, and and as as Vince is talking about it, and and I and I have like like I mentioned this this damn leather bound book, and he mentioned the, the panel with with Gordon, and and this book has the the little um the blue bookmark, and and I turn right to it. It's just it's back then when I was reading this initially, it was. It was heavy. I knew it was it was something different. I mean, the, the entire format was new. I knew this was supposed to be heavy shit. This was there was nothing. There was nothing light about this. This wasn't this wasn't Spider Man versus Hydro Man yet again. This was this was entirely. It was balls rad. Just was. It was, it was <laughs> hella cool. It was totes my goats, and it was just totes my goats. <laughs> so, but I mean, it was, and and I. I love it. I'm I'm glad I was there to read it and and I I still I do appreciate it. I just I I reread it because I wanted to reread it before I finally read the sequel to this. It's a good thing. It's a good thing and, you did that. And and I and I have no problem doing that. And it's and it's still something and and you know and I'm 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 glad that that we took the time to to all explain our takes on it. I I I really do appreciate that. It it um Yay. It, it no, I mean th- this is this is why I talk to my boys. I, I love no, I, really. It's seriously. It, go ahead. You no, you know that esoteric, kind of arcane accounting system that Diamond uses to determine the the mean, the median of of books that sell for any given month. You know why it's Batman? Because of this book. This, this is why Batman is the, the 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 median for which all sales are judged. Because back when this came out, everybody bought Batman because of and, this. and it all tied into. I mean, you had dude. Remember, Vince? Were you were you following Armageddon two thousand one when it came out that yeah, summer? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How many how many of those fucking annuals dealt with? Superman and Batman fighting in the sewers with 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 Batman and his kryptonite ring. Yeah. Superman at that damn lamp post. And it's like it's like dude, seriously, there have been other stories. You don't always have to go to what Frank did to, and it's just and it just it testament to the power of the story. That's what I'm saying though. It's just so I mean everybody it it seriously, I mean th- would we enjoy would we enjoy the first would we enjoy Batman Begins without Redheaded Jim Gordon with his mustache as the new member yeah, of Gotham City Police Force. It's just everything. You love your one. I do love your one, but it, it, so but you, Frank. But but I mean, but because of what Frank did to the Batman mythos, a lot of what's going on today 
ties into that. It, it it owes a lot to year one and to the Dark Knight Returns and 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 everything for a long time. Everything that DC was doing that had to do with Batman led to, you know, I mean, you you had you had Jason Todd's Robin uniform in a tube first here. <laughs> And then every every fucking every time we see the cave, oh, there's there's Jason Todd's uniform and yep. it's like bigger oh than the dinosaur. God, it's bigger like, than the damn dinosaur. So so yes, we we owe thanks to Frank and 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 as crazy as you yeah. went, it's just it's just it's it was um I just I when 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 I think of Batman and I think of all his stories and I think of what he means and 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 how you hodge, I mean and and I know they did it with the Batman um. Planetary, planetary, planetary <laughs> crossover. It's the vodka. Dude. I love the planetary. Did <laughs> you? Explore the um that 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 Batman authority. Uh, see, I said authority. The uh, black. What Batman are you drinking again? Vodka. The Batman planetary one shot that that tied into um to Batman the animated series. They had one of the episodes. Sure did. The, uh, to the Frank Miller Batman from 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 Dark Knight. Yep. So and it's you can't ignore it. You can't shrug it off. You can't say, "Well, it's just another one of those stories." It it they owe a lot to what Frank did here, and it's it's a great story. I just when I think of um, when I see people like, like like malpractice, like when Joey talks about you know how Dark Knight Returned is the and it, and if I'm I'm misspeaking, Joey, let let me know. But it, it, I believe I've seen him say. The Dark Knight Returns is the definitive Batman story. I personally, I, me as a comic book reader, as a Batman fan, I don't see it. That's all that matters. We got to wrap this this Batman yeah. talk up because all right. we have not heard. Well, we got to do our in the travels. No, 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 no. We have we're over. To, we're over I don't. I don't care how long dude, we've got. Unstrap, dude. You got you got two hours on us. We we have to hear yeah. from Jason. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Jason, no, no. Jason says his piece, then we'll go to In Your Travel. Yeah, As always. Yes. Thank Jay. you. Okay, so uh, <laughs> when IDW took over the G.I. Joe Stretch it out, dude. Titles. <laughs> we uh sandwich. Stretch it, baby. We we all uh read it for a while. And uh yes, we fair did. to say uh most of us enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um especially uh Especially Mike Costa's uh, and Antonio Fuso's G.I. Joe Cobra. Robert Atkins, baby. Yes, and Robert Atkins is how we first got to know Robert. And uh, and then uh, about, I guess it's a year, maybe about a year ago. It, I'm, I'm not, it could be off a few months there, but um, IDW rebooted again the G.I. Joe universe. And I think oh, that, wow. that fair to say, I think, uh, not necessarily a reboot in the terms of, of completely rechanging the continuity, but but they renumbered, they they relaunched three new titles: GI Joe, GI Joe Cobra, and Snake Eyes. And uh, and the idea with which was that culminating from what happened with uh, Chuckles and uh, GI Joe Cobra, they uh, they wanted to start over, um, and that was. Uh, uh, in conjunction with the relaunch of these three titles, and Chuck Dixon was writing two of them, and uh, and, and he was writing the GI Joe, excuse me, and the Snake Eyes, uh, and then the GI Joe Cobra was uh, continuing to be written by Mike Costa. So they also announced as part of this that it was going to be the um, the hunt for for the new Cobra Commander, uh, the search for the new Cobra Commander, and it was it was entitled uh, Cobra Civil War. So since the the reboot of the numbering, um, all three of these titles have basically been. Uh, devoted to this Cobra Civil War, um, which as of today, 
has come to an official end with G.I. Joe number eight. So I, I don't have all the numbers handy, but I, I think the whole thing spanned like 22 or 23 issues because it was there was a zero issue. There was an issue that recapped uh, what happened to the existing Cobra Commander. Um, then there were, I think, seven issues of Snake Eyes, uh, eight issues of G.I. Joe, and I think wow. seven issues of G.I. Joe Cobra. I've been away for a while. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. And, and and to be honest with you, looking at the sales numbers and the fact that I I, I don't I don't think a lot of people stuck around, um, but I did, and uh, and I I was letting them pile up because I was a little burnt out from uh, the series anyway. But I, I did sort of jump back on because I knew that uh, that the 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 end was near, and I wanted to decide by the time they ended the uh, Cobra Civil War if I wanted to continue with the title or, you know, the, all the books or not. Because uh, they're not, you know, three books a month at, uh, you know, three ninety nine. If you're not enjoying the books, it's kind of silly to let them pile up. Um, so the, the good news is a lot of the things I liked about the series when we last spoke about it were still intact. So um, what I mean by that is that G.I. Joe Cobra, to my mind, was the best of the bunch. Um uh, again, it's 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 uh, written. Every issue has been written by Mike Costa, uh, and and I just think he gets the, the you know he's he's tailor made for for this this book. Um, you know, we we gushed about the uh, especially the GI Joe Cobra special, the one shot mm-hmm. where he he devoted the book to Tomax and Zamot, and it had that amazing uh, symmetry. Remember where it was? You know, each page, the front, the first page, and the last page were identical, and, and they did that whole thing. He's really good at these little storytelling mechanisms that that a lot of comic creators kind of forget that they can do and uh and i think he's he's really good at letting people know that uh uh, he's good at telling stories in comics that you couldn't with with devices that you couldn't use in other mediums and i love that um so in this one basically what the what the cobra civil war is um and i'm just gonna spoilers here because i gotta believe if you haven't read it by now you're gonna you're gonna know the reason the cobra civil war starts off is because chuckles who, recall, was the undercover G.I. Joe agent that infiltrated Cobra, shoots Cobra Commander in the head, kills him. Um, and so this Cobra Council, which is like this shadowy, you know, uh, nondescript group of powers that be, tell uh, seven candidates that they are officially candidates for the role of Cobra Commander. Uh, and the way that they're going to win the, the job is uh, to assassinate as many G.I. Joes as they can. Uh, and, and that's really where we've been for the last, you know, seven, eight months. The candidates were uh, Baroness, uh, Tomax, um, Major Blood, hence my intro. Uh, uh, and then and then a bunch of characters that I don't think necessarily have as much uh, meaning to people that haven't been reading the IDW comics. And that's uh, Dr. Vargas, um, a, a, a sort of a, a guy named Calicon. Uh, Oda Satori, who's a, a Japanese chap that uh, is technically like uh, in this in this universe, Storm Shadows boss, uh, and then a dude, a masked dude named Crake, K R A K E, uh, who's a new character that Chuck Dixon created for uh, for the series, uh, and, and those seven sort of go at it. And um, so the cool part is that uh, they kill a lot of Joes, uh, <laughs> a lot of Joes. Uh, so so they don't. I mean, there's definitely a lot of, a lot of death. Um, uh, and, it's no and, '80s after-school cartoon, is what you're saying. Yeah, no, this is not. This is not people jumping out of magically having parachutes and jumping out of exploding planes to save themselves or laser beam guns, um, which is awesome. But but I will say that uh, that the, the the issue is that for first of all, 
even though it was three titles, um, I, I really think you would have done yourself a disservice to have not read them all because it was really treated almost like a big crossover. So from the start of the renumbering, you were sort of either all in or all out. Um, I, I Now, I'd be interested if anyone read just one or two of the titles, what they thought, but I can't, having read them all, I can't imagine not reading them in the order that they were meant to be read in because a lot of them were very intertwined. Um, uh, but the, the G.I. Joe Cobra was, was cool because in each issue, um, Costa would start it off with whoever the character that was speaking would say, um, I'm never going to be. And in the first few issues, it's, it's a bunch of these people competing saying, I'm never going to be Cobra Commander. And then you kind of get a little, you know, you get their sort of dialogue as to why they feel that way and they, as they try and back going about their business. And then in the last few issues, it's, I'm never going to be a G.I. Joe or I'm never going to be. And it's, but, but he, he, it's, it's in a way an extension of the G.I. Joe Origins title, um, which kind of looked at the back, the back histories of some of the characters. Um, which I enjoyed quite a bit. So I, I think that's the strongest of the bunch. Uh, the Snake Eyes book was uh, written by Chuck Dixon. As I said, it started off with art by Robert. Um, and we actually saw some of the pages, I think even before the book hit the uh, stands at uh, C2E2. Um, Robert's pages looked fantastic. Um, in, in Basically, the, the entirety of the Snake Eyes book is that Snake Eyes and a bunch of uh, Joes uh, travel to a mountainous region, sort of like Tibet. I don't even know if they name it, but it's like Tibet, um, to invade this castle that's run by this Kalakan, who's one of the, the people vying for the title. Um, after Kalakan and his uh, operatives assassinate a bunch of Joes, including all of the uh, the the, uh, the ninja corps. Remember all the, the from the, the 80s toys? like all of the, They, they had killed that them one, all like, off? Yeah, killed them all off, like Jabang wow. and... Nunchuck, all of them dead. Wow. Them dead. Yeah. So it, it's, 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 them. it's like all the snowbound Joes, like Snow Job and all those guys. Ah. Plus Helix. <laughs> plus, no, no, they're alive. No, no, I'm saying. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, who the hell likes Snow no, Job? No, no, the I'm comic is Snake Eyes, Helix, <laughs> and all of the snowbound Joes uh, trying to infiltrate and get at this guy. Um, and it's, 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 it has its moments, but Robert leaves the book. Um, or at least takes breaks from the book, and and the art suffers in his absence. And you know, I I think when we were all reading the uh, the last go around here of IDW, one of the things we commented on was that the art was really inconsistent. And I will say that, uh, unfortunately, um, regardless of what I thought of the story, um, I, I do think this they continue to suffer from the same thing, and that uh, some of the artists are just unfortunately, in my opinion, just really do the book a disservice. Um, that's what Jay uh, Tomio said. He said this would be the greatest story in GI Joe history if the art was at least adequate. Not listen to Jay Tomio. Well, no, yeah, he, well, yeah, he's yeah, a long time fan. Oh. That, and that, that's the thing. I mean, I just I, I think that um, you know you've got Fuso and you've got Robert, but they only do you know a handful of of the twenty some issues, and and the rest I think really fall flat. And I think most importantly, um, the art on the, the the culmination issue, which is out today. Um, I, I think is not, you know, I just, I, I think it's, it's not put it to you this way. I would be surprised if anyone's going to remember the story or buy this story because of the art, you know, oh, you may buy it because you like the story. Um, the, the, the new Cobra commander, I would say is, uh, the winner, if you will, was predictable. Um, I, I won't give away who it is, uh, but, but That's I would true. say it's predictable. Put it that way. Is it a lady? Um, well, I'm not going to say. Does Cobra uh, Commander have the breasts? No, no, no. Uh -huh. um, the cool part about the new winner is that Robert Atkins got to create the nice. Book. He actually got to work with Hasbro, and he so he created the new Cobra Commander. Love so it. Cool. 
and Good I presume there'll be him. action figure coming yes. out, so he must be giddy about that. Yeah. Um, uh, they, they, the way the, even though the winner was predictable, the way with which they went about making this person the winner, I thought was was clever enough. Um, you know, there were a few twists sort of at the end in this issue that that they were at least made it be oh cool. Um, I, the net of it though is that I think I'm going to take a break um, because. Yeah. It just comes down to Chuck Dixon. I just, uh, I, I feel like he, he just, he sort of retreads a lot of the same ideas over and over again. And, um, you know, I thought that, that with this, this concept of bringing in a new Cobra Commander, we'd have a, a chance at really interesting new storytelling. And, uh, we just, I don't feel like we really got it. I mean, um, for the most part, the Joes that are killed aren't shown on, it's like you're told they're dead, not shown they're dead. Um, for a civil war, to me, a civil war is that there's huge infighting. But at the start of the civil war, the powers that be tell these candidates that they can't kill each other. So there's really no uh, civil okay. war. It's it's just each of them battling, almost like a, a trying to ki- keep a tally. And um, other how do you not kill blood, each other when you have guns and stuff? Civil and, war. Yeah. So so other than Major Blood, who kills like sixty plus Joes, most of them only kill <laughs> of Joes. Um, Jesus. Yeah, so so you know it was it, being a GI Joe fan. There were moments, but I just you know for for a big commitment like twenty plus issues of this, um, I just feel like they left a lot of storytelling on the table um, and not on the pages. That's a you lot know? of investment when you're talking it IDW. Is. It, I mean, I think it's like a hundred dollar investment, right? If yeah, you think yeah, right. We were talking about the uh, Avengers versus X Men, but I mean, this is just, and we know how many issues the X Men universe has and or issues a month and, and same thing with the Avengers but this is just G.I. Joe and I say just G.I. Joe because you figured you'd have G.I. Joe and you'd have Cobra but you're Jason talking... no I'm sorry go ahead no I mean you, you, you said 20 plus issues yeah. did they yeah. have did they try and tie the vintage G.I. Joe book into it too or, or no, like I they, 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 they could have used that to, to do flashbacks with no, certain no, characters no. that would have been yeah. Almost oh, good. Not tied at all. this is a completely new continuity um, cool. that, that 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 has nothing. To, you know, Comics Book is a tried and true continuation of the Marvel continuity, and that's been relatively good. I haven't read it. I, I, mean, I should say I haven't been reading it. Rather, I, I I gave it the first issue or two, and I mean, quite literally, like it picks back up with like the the bright pink and fuchsia colored costumes from like the the you know yeah. when the GI, when Hasbro got desperate and we're making like the eighth and ninth lines and Ugh. you know we're making the crazy like day glow colors. I mean, that's yeah. kind of where the book picks up. I think that says a lot right there. The fact that you're a GI Joe fan, you're not reading it. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, it's it's it, to me that was you know I mean it's like I I don't need to see Xandar and Zorana wearing, uh you know powder blue and pink costumes in the swamp. You know that doesn't make a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Like like uh, but, uh, but no, so I mean the net of it is again I I think I would probably feel much differently about these books, uh, and really th- the entirety of the IDW run if if the art was of the caliber of Fuso and Robert in in you know, week in, week out. And, and I get that, that, that IDW is a, you know, a, I guess a, a second Mid-range. tier. You know, they're, yeah. they're front of the previews, so they're certainly at least, you know, they have some level of resource. But I, And I get people are quick to say, oh, you know, not everybody can be, you know. But but there are, we, we know there are a ungodly number of artists out there with immense talents that are just dying for regular work. Yeah. So I just I just don't buy that these guys are the best that they can come up with. I just don't buy it. I really, right. really don't. I'm sorry. And uh and I just think it, it suffers because it, it at the end of the day, um, 
looks like what the stereotype of a licensed book when people think of licensed comics it 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 lives up to that stereotype and that's a damn shame um and and I don't think that Dixon does it any favors because you know I was actually on some uh, GI Joe uh related uh message forums uh the other night reading about uh like speculation of how people thought this was going to play out before the issue hit today and um it seems like for at least among the diehards there's like universal disdain for things like the mass device being back again and having Destro be like a metallic robot and for having Zartan be able to shapeshift you know like with actual like superpowers and and and, and where I think that that Costa does great is that he focuses on the the humanistic the espionage side of things and uh you know Dixon just seems to be in love with like the the the, the super powery sort of sci-fi aspects of this, and uh, I just don't think they really really work uh, in this setting. Um, you know, it's like that's we interesting because we don't. It, you know, I'm waiting for Galobulus to come back. You know, at this point, because <laughs> it's, it's not like it's not like Dixon really used a lot of super powery stuff in in his Punisher run. Or, yeah, exactly. Or exactly. maybe his Birds of Prey run, but I mean, yeah, no, I I I, I the other thing I, that Dixon does is because he's an ex-military guy, if I recall, he 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 too often falls into that comfort zone with his vernacular. Uh, and I guess he presumes because G.I. Joe readers are fans of military guns and ammo. I think, I think Dixon he follows, a, he follows a formula. Yeah, but he uses like shorthand and abbreviation, like real military terms and abbreviation. No footnotes? There are no editor notes? Not not often at times, but but so there are times where I'm reading like what the Joes are saying, and I get that it's probably something a real soldier would say. But I have no idea what they're saying. Well, Hammett did that back in the day, back in the 80s, but at least you had a footnote. There were the footnotes, though. That, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Right, yeah, yeah, and I also think it's safe to assume because it's Chuck Dixon, there's no homos running around in the book either. <laughs> <laughs> well, at, least, at, at least, you know, Michael well, Wright's not writing. Baroness, yeah. does, uh, Baroness does join a foursome in order to accomplish one of her tasks. Yeah, but that's hot. That's hot. So, yeah. I think something might be real fast. So I think okay. so. Based on what Jason's explaining, if if I were to get back, because I haven't read GI Joe since since Dixon dragged out that first six or seven issues. Yeah, with, it's the same. So, so the I, mass I think, driver thing. Yeah, I think I it felt I like think, seventeen. I well, I I left around issue six, but I, I'm Too guessing expensive. that if I were to if I were to get back into it, I'd be leaning towards the Cobra side of things, just because it's nice. Yeah, I, Exactly. I, I would say that the 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 the, fu, the, the Fuso Costa Cobra stuff was still the coolest. I mean, uh, in addition to it having a bunch of different characters focused on, there's a Joe that's uh, again I, I don't want to spoil it, but there is a long time like one of the longest standing Joes ends up being a Cobra spy. Stalker. Well, I'm not going to say who. Oh, Beachhead. Right. Beachhead. Beachhead. <laughs> That's not Pete Six. That's my boy. I would be livid if Beachhead was. Uh, that's my boy because he's from it's he's Scarlet, from the beach. That redheaded bitch. Uh, but there is a, there's one that you're like, oh, so, so there, he has that coolness going for him. There's another. Um, he does a great. He does. He makes Serpentor cool, which isn't easy. Wow. You know? Um, you know, we, and we talked about this actually when it was first introducing Serpentor and in GI Joe Cobra Two. You know, Serpentor in this awesome. continuity is a uh, almost like a um, an L. Ron Hubbard. He's the leader of a. Oh, so he's pop- nuts. Uh, <laughs> cult called Foil, which uh, celebrities are a part of, and uh, uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah, so um, so so that's pretty cool, and uh, and there's a lot of double cross and espionage because the, the the actual spy frames another Joe as the spy, and then like kills him, puts the gun in his hand, you know, does the whole thing like tries to make him 
you know, look like he killed himself or he got killed in a gunfight. Shoots himself to make it look, you know, like he shoots himself <laughs> and the guy, to, you know, to which is awesome, right? It's like you know, because he's, he's um, and then and then uh, and then two of the female Joes who are in charge of the investigation, including uh, the, the remember uh, in the uh, I think when you guys were reading it, uh, remember there was the the uh, Baroness's sister Laten who was a cooperative. She she right. jumps over. She's she's in charge of sort of figuring out who the spy is. And uh, she uses some pretty, pretty awesome Sherlock Holmes esque deduction to figure out who who the who the bad seed is. So that's all. I mean, there's a lot of awesomeness in that book um, that that I don't think were in the Dixon works. So um, the net of it is, you know, unfortunately, again, not to make this into a numbers thing, but I did take a look at. I hadn't looked at the numbers in months, but I did take a look at the numbers um, this week for the books, and I mean, they're all doing ten or less thousand, which is rough. So, you know, I got to believe with Hasbro's licensing, it doesn't come cheaply. I, I You know, I, I don't know what IDW's got planned going forward, but, um, you know. Get your shit together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. basically. All right. We don't want Neesman to blow a gasket, so. I'm you getting want, sleepy. Yeah, you want to bring this sucker home? Yeah, let's do it. Cool, we got another half hour. This episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you can get your books at far less than retail. Yes, it's possible. 35 to 75% off their monthly spotlighted specials. They are the best. There's no other way to say it. dcbservice.com. In your travels, I'm going to balance out the IDW scales a little bit. By giving props to the second volume in Craig Yo's Chilling Archives of Horror Comics. I just got it today, didn't read it, but I looked at it, and man, it's it seems to be just as good as the Dick Briefer volume. That was the first one. It's called Bob Powell's Terror. I get nice. this, Chris. There's a spot varnish on the front cover and the back cover. But there are creature heads on the inside front cover and the first page and the inside back cover and the last page, and they're spot varnished as well, which Chris knows equals an extra four plates. Yep. That's that's big doings. This is double spot varnish. very high production co- uh, values on the on these books. It's uh a nice uh introduction to Bob Powell's work, which runs about uh, let's say 20 or 30 pages, but the bulk of the book is actual comic book work from Bob Powell. David, you, you get, uh, the gaunt living dead, giant walls of, what the hell I'm echoing? You David. are. You are? You who are has their head- David. Who has their headphones off? I don't. I don't. I have mine on. Uh, well, I guess it's what? my turn. No, it's not. Giant gelatinous creatures of ooze that engulf their victims. Um, albino sewer dwellers. The, you have, um, again, the living dead zombies. And what's really cool about this, in addition to uh, color work from Bob Powell, it looks like they may have scanned actual color pages, so they have a vintage uh, appearance to them. You get actual boards just bob powell boards with black line art no color well just very tastefully applied pale cyans so you can see the man's line work oh my god is it gorgeous it, it's amazing it's a giant oversized hardcover just like the first volume grave robbers uh the last man on earth rats with human faces it's vintage horror 
comics. You got to get this. It's twenty four ninety nine, much less if you get it from Amazon. A hundred and fifty pages, maybe. Hundred and forty eight pages. It's it's really worth owning. Bob Powell was one of the underappreciated uh, talents of the comic book industry, especially when you're talking horror. It's gorgeous stuff. Get it. IDW Boggin. Bob Bob Powell's terror uh, from Craig Yo's chilling archives of horror comics, and I got a little bone to pick with Craig Yo very quickly. In the inside front cover, there's a dedication and a thank you, and it tells you this is book number two. It says, "If you like this book, please blog, Facebook, and tweet about it." Yo, <laughs> Craig, uh, don't forget about the podcast, dude. Seriously, because, bruh. Yeah, uh, we we bring it as well. I would have I would have I banned it right there. Nah, come on. Joking. Yeah, Come Bob Powell, great artist. Son. All right, what do we got? Um, Top Shelf has quietly had a very nice year, and uh, I wanted to uh, uh, bring this book to uh, some people's attention. Uh, Paul Tobin and Colleen Coover are two of my favorite creators. I think they're just they're a great couple to begin with. If you've ever met them at a convention, they're just absolutely wonderful people. And they have teamed up. What? They're lovey-dovey? They're lovey-dovey. They, uh, I believe they're married. They are. Yes. Um, They have uh, put out a, a, a nifty little graphic novel from Top Shelf called uh, Gingerbread Girl. Dude, do, 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 does no one on the show listen to each other when we talk? <laughs> I'm just reaffirming. <laughs> Your ass, you're reaffirming. You forgot I spent about 40 minutes talking about this. <laughs> you know, no one listens to every episode, Jason. Dude, you were on that one. <laughs> oh, How could you not listen to it? Yeah. Too goddamn long. Um, <laughs> anyway, top shelf, twelve ninety five. Paul Tobin and Colleen. I knew that you talked about this. I just got it. I don't have much talked about. I've been reading much. I've been reading like Asgardian Wars and so add knives to your wish list. Girl. Chris, do me a favor before we move on. Say poo hole. Poo hole. <laughs> oysters. Pool. Right, who's next? For those wondering, it was episode 172 that I discussed at Gingerbread. You are the Google master. Yes. Nice. David. Yes. What are we doing? Travels. <laughs> your travels. I know. I, I want to do since uh, since we're just talking about um, IDW. I, I noticed today, I got the email from IDW. They are announcing... Starting in the summer of 2012, um, and we can get into this later with the whole Skippy thing, but um, Percy Crosby's complete Skippy will be released starting in um, in summer of 2012. For those of you who don't know, uh, Skippy is pretty much the um, uh, Bill Waterston would uh, would use him as 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 an influence. I would say uh, it was an early 1920s comic strip that um that a lot of um comic strip creators would would consider an influence and uh and like i said idw in the summer uh and and when i say skippy the peanut butter company decided to use skippy um the character as as their mascot for their peanut butter without paying the creator of skippy Ooh, oh damn so yeah so i th- there is no skippy in this house ever 
You damn skippy. Um, Look so, at you. Yeah, so it's it's uh it's it's all it's all Peter Pan or Jif up in this piece. But uh we can get <laughs> it too late with the whole up in this bitch show. Fucking PB and J Ain't no skippy up in this bitch. Not on Seneca. You damn skippy. So, uh, uh, that that's coming out in the summer. Uh but in my in your travels, I would say, um check out since since Marvel's gotten absolutely no love this episode. <laughs> Uh, with, with the Asgardian Wars, uh, Daredevil, by uh, Mark Wade and, and and Jason's giggles, uh, by um, well, actually the, the the latest issue, issue six, with uh, Marcos Martin on our continuing from issue five, but Mark Wade, uh, Paolo Rivera, and um, and Marcos Martin, I've been doing some some fantastic work from. I know Jason's didn't really love it from the first issue. I don't. I haven't heard much from Chris lately, but I've still been digging Daredevil a lot. Uh, so that's a lot of my, other people too. It's eh, a couple other people, but no, it's 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 fun. It's it it harkens back to the old days. It's I I say maybe the prank Frank Miller stuff since this we were talking yeah. earlier yeah. in the issue, episode. Yeah. It's 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 fun. It's um. It's I I'd say lighthearted and it's just it's I mean he's still kicking ass and it's still Matt Murdock it's just not as grim and gritty as he's been yeah. since the late '80s and on. So I'm uh, I'm so on that first trade. It's, uh, it's you know just, what I will say this because um, you're right we haven't talked about it again I I did because you know we pre-order most of our stuff so I I had pre-ordered the first three issues regard even though I didn't really feel that first issue and, and it's 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 fun it's it's. I mean, it's, I don't. I'm not loving it like a lot of people seem to be, but uh, but it it's. I was very nitpicky about that first issue, but well, but, but, uh, but I mean, after after years of having, I guess the same old. I I can I I definitely see your point, Jason. It's not like I wouldn't dismiss it at, in in any case, but it's it's just it's it's a. Uh, I mean, after after being so heavy and 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 so dreary for so many years it it i i read it as as a breath of fresh air and, and it's he ain't heavy he's my murdoch there you oh, go damn, i was just thinking that there you go. but it's it's no so i mean that's that's as far as this week that that's my new travel check out daredevil i i'm, I'm reading the sixth issue now i started it before we started tonight i'm going to finish it when we call it a night tonight but it's um it's it's definitely yeah eventually but it's 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 my uh you're sleepy so i'm at, I'm at like mile 24 right now dude it's an hour, hour it, we are jesus christ so Ooh, look at the jew invoking the name jew, of jew. don't you talk about my lord and savior <laughs> <laughs> but anyway jason oh god uh in your travels i have a book that'll make vince smile um yeah, uh written by garth ennis uh uh Pencils and inks by, uh, I hope I'm saying his name right, Adriano Batista, or Adriano Batista, mm-hmm. uh, talking about Jennifer Blood. Mm. Wow! Uh, I had I have uh, I had picked up the first issue, um, liked it well enough, and uh, and then just let the others pile up. Six issue series, um, uh, pretty straightforward story, but it it is as is as is Ennis is off to want to do. It's it's. It's sort of classic Ennis in that it, it scratches that itch. It's a little bit, you know, it's over the top. It's gory. It's uh, violent. It's uh, a little soft, sophomoric, but um, it's 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 got a sexy housewife by day, basically Punisher by night. Um, but you know, it's it's she's got a reason for doing what she's doing. 
she's systematically going through a list of people she needs to kill for a particular reason. Um, Sounds like a vengeful angel. What's that? Sounds like a avenging angel. Yeah, a little See, bit, a little bit. That's um, excellent commentary on your part because you just you boiled it down to <laughs> no, no. Listen, he, it's so it's so rare from you. No, he 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 buried he no not you, uh, Mr. Wood. He boiled it down to Punisher by Night. That says it all right there, that's right? That's cool. Yeah. Okay. You don't even need to know anything else. Art's good. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> there, there's some naughty bits. Oh, uh, love it. I know. See, Vince is giddy. Um, there's some hilarious moments where a neighbor is trying to be inappropriate, but he doesn't realize what he's trying to get. What he doesn't realize what she's capable of. So it's uh, oh, it's good boy. stuff. It, it's again, it's 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 kind of like if if it's it's that say it's that little pocket of the comic universe where if you're feeling like something that's just um, you know like a an '80s movie, uh, you know that or or just just that just that where you want that. The the twelve year old boy and you wants to sneak a comic that you know your parents would be upset at you for reading. This is that book. That's every um, day. And it's collected now. I yeah. think they they actually just started a new run. Issue number seven came out, but it's it's written and drawn by a completely different group. And uh-huh. to me, you know, it, Ennis makes this book because you know the difference between this just being a totally throwaway story and it being clever is is Ennis's dialogue. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend the trade of this first six. I can't speak to what comes after it, but uh, but it, it was fun. I will check that out. Yeah. You'll love it for sure. I know you will. Oh, yeah. I like boobies. <laughs> All right. Hey, um, if you are Mr. Ryan Kloss, I'm looking at his, uh, <laughs> you know how you, you know how you put the emo- emotion thing after your, your Twitter name? Emoticon, yeah. Yeah. Ryan Kloss is uh, 11 o'clock comics episode 189. So good on you, Ryan Kloss. Yes. Yeah. But we'll be back next week. Um, I'll, I'll get around to the losers. I'm, oh, I'm sorry, oh. Mr. Stell. I didn't get around to it this time because David and Chris were Bogart in the joint. Wow. So you were. Oh, yeah, wow. gee. Yeah. I didn't get Hello. two words in like the first hour and Hello. a half. Yeah. Hello, Pot. This is Kettle. Seriously. I didn't. At least Jason, Jason doesn't throw us under the bus. That's back nice. me the hell up. That's nice. No? That's nice. Yeah, uh, way back. He's got he, you back. Uh, way back. I don't know, bro. Yeah. Goddamn Chris with his freaking Asgard. <sighs> and then you throw my name in there, dude. I, pres- I didn't throw I you in. It, yes, I you pres- did. You said David and Chris. Don't discussion. even go there. <laughs> I presented don't even. for us to discuss as a group. We did. did good. We did discuss as a group, although my contribution to that group discussion was very low. It was. I know. I think we found a blind spot in your in your comic book history. We need to fill that in. It's not a blind spot. It's, it's just, just like good art. I, no, I I love Art Adams. I like I like the stuff he's doing at Marvel now under you know the what, uh, name of Nick Bradshaw. It's really good. It's, oh, stop! <laughs> what? <laughs> Nick Bradshaw's style is real close to Art Adams. Come on, damn! It is. Look at those images in the new previews with with pregnant Kitty with all the brood around her. Damn, that looks like Art Adams drew that damn thing. No. Well, yeah, I mean, I, he, clearly this guy's. Uh, yeah, Nick Bradshaw is is uh, inspired by Adams. Yeah, a little bit. I got Top no, Chef. It's about that. We have to, what Top Chef to watch, Christopher? <laughs> you, have a, you have a job to do. You'd be watching that Seriously. shit. DVR baby. <laughs> you know, if I didn't know you were heterosexual, all this food shit, oh. you know, I'd have to think twice. Well, I, I got to tell you, I just uh, I just watched Top, so top Shelf while it was on. I have to go mince my my onions. What's that about? Talk comics, dude. Jesus Christ. 
Oh my god, it hurts. David likes that top shelf shit too. It burns. Top, no, top chef. There you go. Right. Sorry. Sorry. Give me a hot pocket, and I'm happy. That's right. Yeah. Hot pocket. Say it. Go to bed. Go to bed. Go ahead, Chris. We'll see you later. You're getting Bye. very sleepy. Love you. No, see I'm ya. not. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not bailing. I'm not leaving. Don't hate me, hey, bro. Don't hate me. I gotta wake up and download tomorrow's episode. Oh, a special five-hour episode. What the fuck? I have to be here to keep you all in control. Oh my god! Hey everybody, thanks for being here with us. We will be back next week, whether you likes it or not. Uh, with some talk about the losers, David and I are probably gonna. You can talk about DK two next week. Talk about DK two. Yeah. Okay. And the other guys know to read that now. Uh, yes, we have informed you that DK two next week. Oh my god! Uh, I don't think your dialogue suffered for it. We don't. We don't tag him about nothing. I think he did pretty damn well, Mister Neesman. <laughs> He's the Phil Spector of podcasting. When, when he wants to comment on something, he throws up this wall of shit. That he'll just keep repeating it, repeating it, repeating it. There you go. Phil Spector. Or the Grateful Dead, whatever you want. I, got, but I don't have Phil Spector's hair. Or his murderous tendencies, I hope. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Me that knife for Christmas, bitch. It's like the Hair Bear Bunch, back in style again. Shuck this, bitches. Do you really want me to buy you the knife? I'll buy you the knife. I just can't I up, see. I, up, I updated my fucking Amazon wish list. You yeah. put all pre-orders on it. What is that about? No, don't check it again. One <laughs> little bitch. I'm not a bitch, and I don't whine. Me, 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 me. <laughs> Bye. That was uncanny. Bye. Thank you for putting up with us for two and a half hours. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. Feliz Navidad. Well, yeah. What? Love and Clusters. Yeah. Come to our forum. Come to our forum at where, David? Forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. We have a great time, and we'd like it to be even better with your presence there. I'm looking at you, Mr. I don't. Yes, I don't join forums. We have a good time at our forum. We need you there. Come join us. Use the discount code EOC8. With the dis- yeah, with discount oh, counter service, you can use God, EOC stop. eight. Stop. No, get you stop extra eight percent off. And yep, and pre-order your books because a lot of these creators depend on those pre-order numbers. And uh, yes, <laughs> and don't whatever you do, waste time watching the new code. Oh yeah. <laughs> don't drink and drive. We'll see you next week. Just drink. Bye. Later.
le rhum, les palmiers Ça me fait chier, si beauté l'étonne, bordel et massant Je me mets la grande vie, je m'habille Thank you.